Well, there goes the neighborhood. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. We are live on this Saturday morning, December 10th, 2022, one of our last shows, one of our last broadcasts of this particular year. I'm very happy to be back. And um, you know, we had to take off last week just because I've been so busy, but we are live and here in the neighborhood for our 873rd episode of this mix of comedy and talk and babble and used to be music, no music anymore because of copyright stuff, but all the other weird, ridiculous stuff that we do on a typical episode of Dave's Gone By, we will be doing on this Saturday morning where we are from nine until noonish or thereabouts. We've been going a little short over the last few weeks just because you know so much else is going on um, in my life these days. But I, I love to come on here on Saturdays, tumble with you, joke a bit, talk a bit, have, of course, our panelists playing the weekly trivia game and... We do have a guest this week coming up. So yes, all those reasons to keep it here in the neighborhood this Saturday morning. So first of all, let me tell you, um, well, let me, let me give an overview of what's on this particular show. So if you were watching theater, I guess about 15, 20 years ago in New York, or actually elsewhere now, you probably came across a show called The Exonerated, which was a, um, or still is, I mean, they still do it. The idea behind it was actors telling the true stories of people who have been convicted of terrible crimes and sentenced to death, put on death row, death penalty. And then, you know, they appeal, they say, we're not guilty, we're going to do it, which is what, of course, every prisoner everywhere says, except eventually they got lawyers and one of those ACLU people and the, those students who take on cases like this, and all of them were proved not guilty by DNA, even proved innocent by DNA, could not have been them. And here they were sitting sometimes for years or a decade or two on death row, and suddenly like, here's the evidence, they finally get to bring it to judge or a trial and review, and then it's like, oh, oops, <laughs> oops, System failed, uh, kind of glad we didn't kill you. You know, go, go live. And Lord knows you know, what the lawsuits have been like. But the point of the play is that we got to watch out in terms of justice and biased juries and what police say and how, how much you can or should not trust the police in terms of what their reports are and how much credence you give them versus witnesses versus the accused and so forth. Um, makes you, of course, things think twice about the death penalty, which I'm not specifically against. But, you know, it's, it's a powerful piece of theater, especially when I saw it years ago, because you have these actors, some of them fairly well-known in off-Broadway circles, doing the show, monologues, essentially. They're were, they were all one person after another after would give a monologue of just how they the system worked against them. And they were unjustly un incarcerated, and put on trial and convicted, and then their appeals not listened to or turned down until finally, finally, finally. And the, the, the amazing part was at the end of the time that I saw it, they actually brought on several of the people, the real people. <laughs> I 
I just started this show. This is my wife's opinion of me talking. It's like, um, so, so they would bring the actual people on who were wrongly committed. You know, the, the folks are on stage were watching their stories told by actors. And then suddenly it's like you see them. It's like, oh, there's a real guy. And there he is. And she was on death row and she's here. You know, and, and, and everybody course is like moved and giving them standing ovations just for enduring what they endured, right? I mean, it's a, it's a weird moment. It's a very theatrical moment. And it gives a jolt to a piece that otherwise we can't sit back and go, oh, that's touching. Oh, that's that's an unfortunate. Oh, that makes me mad at the justice system. Oh, how can this happen? And then it has that extra overlay of real people, real people who are actually physically here, um, which is which is kind of amazing. So anyway, this show called The Exonerated was created by two people, Eric Jensen and I'm not sure if they were married at the time, but his, they're married now. Eric Jensen and Jessica Blank worked on it together and helped create something that we kind of call documentary theater. Um, we, we probably know it from the Lowry Mead Project as well from, um, I'm forgetting, unfortunately, the playwright who put that together. But, um, and they've done other projects like that in the theater, but they're also, what's nice is that they're polymaths. He's an actor. She's done some acting. She's done some other kinds of playwriting. Uh, he has done a one-man show about Lester Bangs. I wish I'd seen it. Uh, it was off Broadway a few years ago. Lester Bangs, rightly or wrongly, the most famous and iconicized rock critic of all time, basically because he's the martyr rock critic. He, he started writing outside the box and really felt it and really you know, immersed himself and he didn't BS. He wasn't trying to write like John Perellis of the New York Times. He wasn't trying to even, um, well, Chris Gow was on his own level, but, but he wasn't trying to write for mainstream media. He was, he was gonzo rock journalism, the way Hunter S. Thompson was political journalism for the Village Voice. So, you know, Lester Bangs is enshrined. He's mentioned in that REM song. So they did uh, a one person show about Lester Bangs, which, which I had seen. Uh, <laughs> You got more bangs for your, your buck there. But Eric Jensen was in that off Broadway. Thank you. Thank you for smoothing the few hairs I have left. I'm pretty sure. I love this shirt. It's a little faded, but it's got kind of a, a nice, you know, we're almost in winter here. It's got kind of a nice, um, almost summery spring vibe. Anyway, uh, he did that. But mainly his bread and butter, I mean, the, what allows him to do theater and to do one-person shows and for them to do documentary pieces like um, The Exonerated and stuff is he's also an actor that you will see on your small screen. Well, except small screens are 75 inches now. But what does he do? Jared Jensen, you have seen um, in Mr. Robot on cable. Also a show that apparently is still, still going on called For Life or it had two seasons. And he is... As we speak, I mean, not, not as we speak, but later this afternoon, on Broadway in a new play called The Collaboration, which is all about the working relationship, mentorship, and changing um, balance, if you will, between venerated older painter and designer Andy Warhol and up-and-coming Jean-Michel Basquiat. Right. And so it's kind of like if you saw the play Red a decade ago that was about Mark Rothko and an assistant, but I think that was all 
fiction and fake. And then, so, you know, Roth goes like up here and the assistant's here cleaning his brushes. And through the play, they kind of change the balance of power. This is um, apparently oh, more real. Your ring light. Um, it, if you put the ring on, it's just like, ah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't use the ring light over here. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so anyway, this is about Warhol and Basquiat, and Eric Jensen is in the play as another real life character, the um, the gallery owner, the art collector, who who basically recognized both of their works at different times of his and their careers. So he was someone who made Warhol Warhol. What? The ETA is 10.30. 30. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll explain what's going on here. Um, and then he just dis he discovered, quote unquote, Basquiat. So Eric Jensen is playing this art. Did you say Basquiat or Basquiat? I don't know. Probably Skiat. But probably Basquiat. Basque. I don't know. It's French. Yeah, right? It's obviously Basque, French. Basque, Basque. And you know what? When he took all those drugs, he was a Basquiat case. <laughs> Do we get that? Do we get the comedy of this program, ladies and gentlemen? This is going to be also a very weird episode of Dave's. I'm telling you, it's always a weird episode of Dave's Gone By. Because not only if you know, it were a normal episode, it would be a weird episode. So Eric Jensen will be here talking to the great Rabbi Saul Solomon. He'll be doing the interview. Rabbi Saul is the founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Also, we will have our panel, kind of a different panel this week doing our trivia game today, yesterday, a trivia quiz with questions, some of them based on things that happened on December 10th in world history. And playing the game will be Eric Jensen, our great friend Eva Heinemann, the theater critic, and the- oh, Eva's back, or didn't she win last time? She might have. I think Eva won. Yeah, well, she's a smart lady. She's she a came smart in, she was like, that's it, I'm winning. And then um, Ronald Rand will be back with us as well. We want to give a shout out to um, David Sheward, who's taking a bit of a sabbatical from this program for probably another week or two or three. Oh, is he still on? Yeah. And Leslie Hovan Blake, who could not make it this week to the show. And Vicki Quaddy, who could not make it to the show this week because she's so busy doing her Christmas shows in and around Chicago and St. Louis. And she's just on planes and, and doing like five shows a weekend. Is she acting or is she directing it? I thought she had actors. I well, in, in Chicago, she's got other people doing it because she's going to these other places and getting the show up. She's doing mm -hmm. Christmas bingo and, and well, now's her time. If you're yeah. going to do any of these stories, like Christmas and Easter, shows that are yeah, like mm -hmm. Christmas, Easter, and show up. Mm -hmm. Those are those are the yeah. big, big days for her. Um, so we will have a panel and we will play be playing the today yesterday trivia quiz also. We have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we will be going to Jefferson, Colorado. I made it my business to go to a different place, not go, to mentally go to all these different places in Colorado, towns, cities, tiny little ghost town villages, find their names and try and write a poem about as many as I could. And I got the easy ones done, you know, veil, everything rhymes with veil. And then you got things like, um, Oh, what's, you know, Fort Collins, not so easy. Hooray, you know, rhymes with hooray, you can kind of do, do this kind. But Jeff, I got Jefferson this week. Jefferson. Yeah, try rhyming that. Not, not just one couplet, but it's a limerick. So the first two rhymes have to line, first two lines have to rhyme with the last one. And then a little mini rhyme in the middle. And 
Because they're oh, Colorado, what? I just got to think, Idiot's Guide to Burning in the Winter. Maybe you should send that to Richard. Burning. Burning, burning. Oh, burning. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I'm in a so, so I have to write these poems. And you get a place like Jefferson, Colorado, because I've got more than 200 of these now. The easy ones are gone. The simple, the ones where you go, oh, that'll rhyme with that, that'll rhyme with that. And the point is, they're limericks of the damned. So they have to at least try to be funny. And since I'm writing them, they've got to be dirty and disgusting. So we have a fairly uh, dirty and disgusting limerick of the damned for Jefferson, Colorado. Would you like a knit octopus hat? Oh, can I show that? Of course you can. I do want this. I do. Especially if I dread. Color. I want, I think the green and the blue is actually very pretty. Take a, look, at, look at this. Look at this. It's an octa hat. It's an octa hat. I want this. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful thing, my, my friends. So let me explain why this is a weird and messed up episode. It says, make a splash on any occasion. <laughs> Yeah, get a splash. That's comedy right there. Um, of course, it can't happen like any other time of the week. Although, actually, a lot of the time this week, Joyce and I are so busy with school that we couldn't be home anyway. But weeks ago, we bought a bunch of furniture from Lazy Boy. And it's beautiful stuff. Because we wanted, we wanted good stuff. And, you know, the house was redone before we even moved here a couple of years ago, it's in great condition. It's a really nice house. So we didn't want to fill it with old furniture. We we had furniture in Colorado that was nice, but you know, nothing really special, and, and just didn't want to drag it halfway across the country now that we're in Maryland. So it's like, let's get... What did Christy Alley die of? Um, I think she had uh, fast-moving cancer. I think so. Um, where was I? So... We're like, let's go, let's get good stuff. Let's try Ethan Allen, let's try consignment places, let's try Lazy Boy. And, you know, cause, cause one of the nice things is when we moved in here, uh, the couple who lived here before we did, they took almost all of their furniture. I would have bought most of it. Um, if it had been reasonably, you know, just, oh, you know, give us a figure, you know, we'll leave it, you take it. Okay. But no, no, they, they realized the quality of what they had, but they were kind enough to leave us a couple of things. They left us this chair, which is really comfortable, albeit not anymore in the greatest condition, but it, it's a nice chair. And they left um, a downstairs um, in the kitchen, like a place to eat in the kitchen, which is pretty nice and with the chairs. And they left they, uh, an island, the kitchen island, and they left a couch. I, I was shocked. They actually left a couch in our what is currently our living room, but, but it's really going to turn into an office probably. But, and then this couch is big and comfy and very good condition. And we didn't even realize it <laughs> like until like the first day we moved in. And we said, Joyce was like, well, wait a minute. There's, there's something weird about this couch. She lifts up the cushion. She opens it up and it's a bed cap. What are they, a sleeper couch? What are they, a sleeper sofa? Yeah. yeah. And we, we just thought, oh, they were nice. They left us something to sit on because we have no furniture. They left us a friggin' bed because it, it took about three weeks four weeks before we even had a new bed come in so we were sleeping on that it was lovely and this couch that they left was a lazy boy so it was like a um what was it? affirmation mm -hmm. it was confirmation that you know what lazy boy makes good stuff and they were here you know just by sheer miracle we, we got a couch here that's already there for us made by lazy let's get some good lazy boy furniture and so it took 
a longish time because with the pandemic and everything, um, they warned you sometimes that depending on how custom your order was, it could literally take six to eight months before you get your furniture. So we're like, you know, we just like, we're not going to get custom. We're not going to go crazy with it. You have something that's remotely in stock. Great. We'll wait two months. And, and then, cause we live here, you know, basically sitting on a couple of chairs with one couch bed. And that was it, man, for, for weeks. Cause we're waiting for the good stuff to come. So laser boy delivers all these things that, you know, the, these, these beautiful chests of drawers, and, and uh, side tables and um, oh, our, our two lounge chairs, very nice, really nice stuff that we'll be paying off for the next six years. So, and they also bring a tall, heavy ass chest of drawers. Like they bring two bureaus, they're both really nice. One is a monster. And they, you know, I feel so bad for these two, these two work, these four people that carry this, but you know, we got two. And they're just, you know, they're careful in getting it up the stairs and around the thing. And so they, they maneuver it in, they take off the wrap, and it looks beautiful. But then I notice just at the very bottom of the base of the thing, it's all wood, uh, there's miscoloration. Actually, it's a chip. There's a chip just on the bottom front side of this thing. And if it had been like on the back side, I would, you know what, the hell with it. We'll get, we'll get that paint, that brown uh, crayon that you do over wood. And we'll never think about it, we'll never see it. It's fine, it's fantastic, it's great. But because it's in the front, and because we just paid for it, and because it's, you know, Lazy Boy, it's a lot of money. We're like, you know, we, we painted this, this is brand new, it really shouldn't be chipped. And we're standing there and it's like, we already signed for it. And we won't, don't want to tell the guy, you know, no, I take no, it out no, of we here. Sign for it, yeah. um, you know, but we don't want to tell these guys that we've already tipped this. Like, That's you not know, what happened. Tell us what happened. So I called Lazy Boy and we couldn't get them to see what to do. Mm -hmm. So the guy said, I have other stops. I can't take it back. And then we wrote, we took pictures and we wrote that it was damaged. Right. And then they were going to replace it. Yeah. So... This is the thing that you gotta give them, gotta give them some credit, okay? So they say we, you know, we stand by our word. You know, we're a major company. There is a deep, you know, we took pictures of the thing. There, there's a defect. There's this, this, what is a chip? It's hard to tell whether it's a chip or it's just like discolored or something, but it's a chip, and we'll replace it. We'll send people in like a month and a half. You can keep the one that you got for now. We're going to just come and take it. You'll use this one until you get the new, the, the replacement one. Um, oh, hold on. So we, oh, let's, let's just see what, what the messages are. Hmm. You, gotta do, you just do your stuff. So when when can they come and do this? When can they when do they decide or or when can we work it out that they can come here and go and take out our old giant cabinet and bring in the new one? And it's like, well, when can they do? Oh, yeah, we can come on, uh, we'll we'll come on Saturday morning at about you know 9 30, 10, 10 30 in the morning. So somewhere within this program. You're going to be hearing like 
people coming up this, you know, maneuver thing. I'm probably gonna have to go like stop this show. I probably won't stop the entire show. I'll just we'll probably have a panel here for the quiz. And I'll throw them a question and I'll just say, you know what, guys? I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna disappear for five minutes to, to help deal with uh, people bringing in and taking away furniture. Because it takes it takes like, you know, this is a, a big thing. It's not like, you know, when, when they brought my desk, uh, literally it took, it, they, they brought six guys. The desk is half the size of the bureau. They dragged, brought up the stairs. They brought the chairs up. It was done in about three and a half minutes. This is this is not quite so simple. Um, but, you know, so it's going to be kind of, it'll be fine. This is normal. This is this abnormality of me talking nonsense to you is normal. Dave's gone by. Um, the abnormal part is that you're just going to hear all this chaos in the background with with three people on Zoom in front of you talking about some subject that will come up. And I'll be like, OK, guys, if you can just kind of carry the show for five or 10 minutes while old Dave has, has, has stuff to do in the house uh, and I'll come back, I promise. So it's going to be an interesting I don't think I've ever left a show mid show without actually turning the show off and coming back. And it was usually, it was always for technical difficulties. Now it's going to be like, let's see what happens. Let's see, let's see if it's a better program with me not on it. <laughs> which, which I'm sure a lot of people would say, oh, you know, Dev Scott has a great idea. They talk about all this weird stuff. They have poetry, they have trivia. They, well, yeah, that host is a little much. You know, without him, can, can I get the guy from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me? He would be, you know, get him. John Malkovich, maybe somebody. Anyway, now it's ten fifteen. It keeps going up and down. I guess it depends how many stops they make before him. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, we got it coming. I'm just hoping they don't come when uh, Rabbi Saul is talking to Eric Jensen in just a few minutes. The actor, the director, the man on Broadway. You know, they'll be doing two shows today in the collaboration. So we're waiting for that. That will, you know, that'll be a great thing. And we're not going to interrupt that. And then later in the show, if there's time, we'll have really crimes and old times. I forgot to mention that where things happen, where Joyce and I used to live in Greeley, Colorado, and people call the police department to say, oh dear, oh dear, something is weird in my neighborhood. Please send a policeman. And the weird thing sometimes really is weird, but funny weird, or just like, why you you have a raccoon in your living room and you're calling the cops. Okay. Anyway, what else? What else has is, is, is been going on? So I had, Rabbi Saul would appreciate this. I had a moment, you know, because all this stuff right now, you've got all this anti-Semitism everywhere. It's out in the open. You've got, what's the Hirsch, um, not Hirsch, um, was it Kyrie Irving and got all the, and I wonder sometimes, is there a secret code among Jewish people? So I'm sitting outside the classroom where I have to teach. And I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm waiting because there's someone else in the classroom. Um, there's another teacher finishing up a class. And I'm just waiting. I got my, my, my coffee beverage and you know my bag and just, just kind of hang in because I'm, I'm, I usually get there like 20 minutes early. And people are you know, walking the halls, they're coming in and out of classes, going to play. And there's one guy, not at all one of my students, nobody I've ever seen before. And he's got kind of like a little bit frizzy, kinky-ish hair. And he walks by. And unlike you know, everybody else, he kind of 
kind of gives me a, a nod, wink, look, smile. Like, hey. Was he trying to pick you up? I, you know, sexual, I thought, what? No, no, no. Just that kind of, sometimes when you see someone for no particular reason, you acknowledge them in a pleasant way for no reason other than, hey, you're human, I'm human, et cetera. So he looks at, he looks at me. And I'm like, I look at him like, hey, yeah, how you doing? And then I see the back of him. And over, over the, this kinky hair and stuff. And he's a sort of white but non-white-ish person. And he's wearing one of those skull caps that they wear in Israel. It's not one of the yarmulke things that, that we wear here that covers just basically your bald patch. It's one of those big like Sephardic yarmulkes that cover like all the way down like a hat over the head. And I, I, I wondered, I thought, Maybe the anti-Semites are, are right on some level. Maybe there is this secret thing where, uh, unfortunately, I am not running the media. I think he loves you. He to no, maybe. Did they touch you inappropriately? No, but it's this weird thing because it's like of all people, right? Why would he look at me? Did and he, I'm like, did, did he do he... it to other people? No. How do you know? Well, all right. yeah, I can watch him all the way down the hall to see if he was glancing and smiling at other people. I just noticed that there was a certain like. It says their dwell time will be twenty minutes here. Okay, that's fine. Fine. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll be with them as much as I can. Um, just check the. I just want you to check the new one. Before. Yeah, my dwell time here is three hours on the show. So, um, but and it made me kind of wonder because there's another guy. There's an old man who teaches in the Jewish Institute. That's in this this university where Joyce and I teach, and I see him sometimes. And we acknowledge each other. You know, I, I see him down the hall. We, just the way, like when you're a, a professor and you see another professor in the hall, you know they're like 30, 40, 50 years older than everybody else. You can tell they're a teacher and not a student. So you kind of give them that look. That kind of, yep, on my way to class. Yep, you're teaching, I'm teaching, yeah. But this guy, again, it's a little different. He's this little old man. Are you reading into it? With white hair and... A pro, you know, when he walks down the hall, he's got the classic yarmulke on his head because he's coming from the Jewish Institute. And I look at him and he looks at me you know, like, hey, hey. And I know it's more than professor or older person acknowledging older person. There's a certain frisson of like, oh, Jew, Jew, Jew. You know? And I wonder, because I don't wear, you know, I'm, I'm I will say I'm as non-observant as you can possibly get, but you know, just nothing except this visual. And it's not like he hears me talk. He doesn't hear the New York come out of me or the occasional Yiddish word or whatever. He just, this, this kid, the other guy, the kid just kind of sees me on the, the bench waiting to get into the room. And it's like, hmm. I'm like, eh. and I'm like, what is it the nose? <laughs> Do I look Semitic? Especially at this age of my life, where I look like my dad, who looks like Billy Joel, we all look, you know, Jews. Um, you know, I couldn't have told from the front that this kid was a yid, but coming from the back, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. He picked up on something. He saw a launcher, a launchman, as they say. So I don't know. I've got. I've got to start clocking this. I've got. To, you know, we have to. We live about five to ten miles probably 10 miles from a place called Pikesville, which is more Jewish, much more Jewish, you know, than the place where we live. Also, Owings Mills is a pretty Jewishy neighborhood. We just have to stand outside a supermarket or on the street 
and be kind of like, you know, hello, <laughs> just kind of just read a newspaper, you know, kind of look up for myself on every once in a while and see who clocks me. And see who's kind of looking at me, not because there's a stranger there or, oh, you're not from this neighborhood, but someone who kind of gives me the eye and like, hmm, ah, yeah, mm hmm, mm hmm, you're celebrating Kanaka <laughs> without even having to say it. And if I could just get a little further onto that wavelength, I would be running NBC. Right? No. I would be controlling the banks, which Lord knows if you looked at my bank statement, I am not. But I mean, I, I feel like I'm just one little missed synapse from being able to be the president of Citibank. I'm just what you know, I didn't didn't go to the right service. And then I would be. Anyway, it's 9:30 in the morning, Eastern time here in the neighborhood, and we're kind of waiting on our get well, we're waiting on furniture. We're also waiting on our guest in the neighborhood. Let me make sure that we got this going on. To, well, we have to want to give a reminder and then lose out on this. So let me make sure I told him at 9:30. I did. Okay. Let me just let me just email the press agent really quickly. Why don't you check your phone? Uh, good idea. Hold on. La 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 la. No, nothing. Nothing yet. Okay, I mean, hut, hut, raw, hut on the talk amongst yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. On the Zoom. Let me give him the uh, the URL again, just in case. La, la, la. Give us a moment. Thank goodness I'm a quick typist, since that helps. Here's the URL. All right. Okay, so yes, we are waiting for Eric Jensen, our guest in the neighborhood, to log in and to join us. Uh, both for conversation with the great Rabbi Saul Solomon, as well as uh, being part of our panel. So until then, how do you want to do, uh, why don't we recast the show a little bit and let's do some really crimes and old times. Sure. Get that done. And then hopefully in the midst of doing that, we will have a visit from our guest in the day. Well, really crimes and old times, as I said, is based on literal actual two columns that are in the Greeley Tribune newspaper in Northern Colorado. This is an actual newspaper from, I mean, it's, this is, how old is this? From 2019 already. This, this is becoming an antique. But in it are two columns, one of which is about phone calls that come into the police department. The other is um, where our friend of the neighborhood, Mike Peters, goes through the newspapers from 100 years ago and finds the most weird, nostalgic, goofy things to our modern eyes 10 decades later and gathers them all up and puts them in a weekly column yes. called 100 Years Ago. We mix all of these up. And in doing so, we call this particular segment Really Crimes and Old Times. <laughs>
Yes, ladies and gentlemen, really crimes of old times. So, and obviously if the guest comes by, we will, um, you know, we'll take a break from this and get Rabbi Saul Reagan with Eric Jensen. Okay, so are you ready to be criminaled? No. Are you, you're not feeling like a criminal? All I right. need to make more tea. Yeah, well, <laughs> and we hang downstairs soon will anyway. We, will we go out for lunches or something? Yeah, absolutely fine. I mean, we gotta shop and do do other things. But first, first, believe me, I'm, I'm, I have a show to do here. So it's called "Really Crimes and Old Times" is the segment, and here's something criminal. A, <laughs> a caller on 23rd Avenue said that a customer, what what a shock! A customer under the influence at the Cosmic Market. What's that? If you're shopping at the Cosmic Market. What is the cosmic market? Yeah, but we haven't been there in a couple of years. I mean, I don't know. It might be oh, just a supermarket, or maybe oh, they, yeah. maybe it's a green leaf kind of thing. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so this customer tried to return. Oh, I tried to return an earring he had just bought at the market. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know what the, we can look it up. I don't know what the cosmic market is in northern Colorado. But somebody there tried to return an earring he had just bought. He was apparently under the influence, um, but they wouldn't take it back because he had put it in his mouth. Ew, <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. And the return was prohibited. What? If what? you to return an earring, why would you put it in your mouth? That is kind of freaky. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a problem. So you have never, ever in your life, you're, you're, you know. Yeah, you can put it in your mouth when you're putting it in your right, ear. But right. if you're going to return it, you clean it with alcohol or something. You're giving back. You don't go, I mean, you don't pull it out of your mouth and give it to the clerk. No, this thing put it in his nose. That's it's disgusting. Like, I'm sorry. That's unhygienic. Well, that's why they wouldn't take the earring back. <laughs> it was like, oh, it's Ruby. No, it's Opal. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, here's here's another one. Here's a, a caller on 35th Avenue. A caller on 35th Avenue reported hearing loud music from her neighborhood clubhouse that sounded like a circus or band practice. So, okay. I mean, wouldn't that be a normal thing to hear in a neighborhood? Like, we hear it all the time. School, they play, yeah. Yeah. She probably lived near school and she heard the... Um, the, the marching band or, or the, the orchestra, school orchestra. I hope she heard it. Let's just say that. Okay. Maybe she heard it. I she, hope it's not delusions. If you hear something, that's super. Oddly enough, she was coming back from the cosmic market. <laughs> <laughs> that a, earring in the person's mouth was a vehicle for uh, the, you know, the black hole connection to another alternative galaxies <laughs> and shadow people. <laughs> a caller okay. on 15th Street. I think I, I may have mentioned, no, I, didn't, I don't know if I did this one last time, but a caller on 15th Street said a church attendee mm -hmm. took on the identity of Old Testament personalities and was chastising current Christians for how they were living. Oh, I like that. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's called, um, what did they used to do in the tent? 
in the summer oh. where they all used to act and do like different roles. Like someone would be Theodore Roosevelt, someone would be Annie Oakley, somebody would be at Grau and Poe. Yeah. But this was like a festival. This is oh. just somebody, you know, it's like, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm so sick of these Esau impersonators. I love it. And it's great. It's probably acting. It's probably that they'll probably come to Broadway like Hamilton. It'll be the next thing. Yeah, Moselton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or or more than Lukelton. Matthew. No, 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 those are New Testament. Well, Old Testament good. would be like Oh, uh, yeah, right. Um well Cain and Ableton. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um a caller on 10th Street. Now see, I might call the police. Okay. On this one, okay. might depends on how drunk the guy is. Do you have your phone? I do. Did you check it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, why would I be getting different? Um, different whatever. I'm not lazy, but what are you doing that? Well, that's what you're looking for. I'm looking to see if your guest. No, I checked. I I, I didn't. I, let me check my email. No, you don't have to. I can check your email on your phone. Oh, uh, go to Gmail then. I am in your Gmail. Anything? No, I don't think. Is that the person you're looking for? Slide clips? No, it's Anne. Oh. What is the Z for? I have no idea. Maybe it's just her, her oh, email. Okay. Yeah, it's her email monitor. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Polar on 10th Street said that a man was telling people at the bar that he killed 17 people. Whoa. Do you call the cops? <laughs> it's hard to say because sometimes when people, you know, like it's like the fish story, like, oh, you know, we caught a minnow, then it becomes like a, this thing. Then it's like we caught a, you know, a whale or something. Like, I don't know. I mean, so you're guessing he only killed two people. But you don't, I don't know. Like, it, uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I would err on the side of caution, but. Which would, yeah, or maybe, you know, give him one more drink and kind of, well, so they're buried. Where? I mean, what the police do? They would interview him at the bar. Well, hell yeah. Or, or in the parking lot. You know, yeah, that's true. If you went around claiming you killed 17 people, why would you claim? You know, I, I, if, actually, if you went around claiming, I want to kill, so I have a list, yeah. would you call the cops? They did. You'd have to. That's a, that's like a, that's like a, uh, intent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's a problem. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, well, again, the original sound for uh, noise suppression is disabled. Good. Fine. Okay. I don't think they heard the when we played the Tom Waits music. But anyway, let's do some old times. What did you say I'm disabled? Well, there, there's a thing they're doing on this on the Zoom now on the recording where there's a, a, another thing you have to kind of automatically click, otherwise nobody will hear the music. Oh. So, so you have to click that, or else. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's why sometimes when we go back and listen to Facebook shows for the last couple of. Yeah weeks and suddenly it's it's just noise can there's nothing i wonder if that's why sometimes people can't hear when i share a video that's interesting oh, check your zoom yeah. i'm serious especially we use the same zoom yeah provider yeah um no we don't oh that's right not anymore <laughs> yeah this is from a column from 100 years ago in the newspaper they wrote different things in newspapers way back way way back when among them so this is a columnist saying, quote, quote, on the moon, there is no water. The mountains are as dry as powder on the moon. What, is this a poem? There's, I don't know what the, this okay. is, this is what they used to write. This is a thing. On the moon, there is not even one 
drop. Meanwhile, this was written 50 years before men went to the moon, right? Uh, and no clue. Did they find water on the moon? Or, or I know they found some sort of vegetative life or something, or not vegetative, but some... I don't know, they knew that was Neil Armstrong. <laughs> well, well, yeah, when he, when he walked on it, but I don't know. I don't know if there is water on the moon. I think the moon has, sometimes like a, when I was talking to mom on the WhatsApp when we were looking, I showed her and she said it looks like a face. Like some That's some right. full moons have that shading that makes it look image. Man in you know? the moon. Yeah. That's why they said the man in the moon. But yeah. sometimes, sometimes not. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, obviously within 50 years, if Elon Musk has his way, there will be a Starbucks on the moon. So you can get not only water, but latte, a bente. He, he would probably have like Twitter and get the moon people to run Twitter. <laughs> be... Somebody put a picture, it was in German, it said, these are the new Twitter employees, and it had a little um, chickadee jumping on a jumping on a um, keyboard. Oh, well. People are clever. It is. You know, somebody also did make the comment that Elon Musk fired or, or let go 50%, 50% of the wow. workforce of Twitter. And it's made no difference. <laughs> oh, no, a lot Twitter's people, still Twitter. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of people left, yeah. and they said there's like different ads. I don't follow it, but people said there's some substantive. And by the way, Elon Musk has invented um, a telephone yeah. for, for using, that is meant to be used in zero gravity. Really? Yeah, I couldn't put it down. <laughs> Thank you ever so much. You know... A Halloween party at the school was pretty popular last week, except, <laughs> oh, no. ex, there's always that except, yeah. except, and this is 100 years ago, when a visiting woman came in and sang her new Halloween song, it made everyone feel very creepy. <laughs> and then I learned something like from one, 19, remember, 1922, Halloween party, and then someone nobody's ever heard of said, I have a song I for you, children. He's singing a song. <laughs> it is. Good for her. You sing your song. And you know what the interesting thing is? It's like, fight the power. you got to no, fight I think the power that be. No, I think she was just singing about maybe something that they felt was supernatural. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that was it. I think she was a shadow person. Hmm. Put it in. She came and she was like, sweet Caroline. Bum. Bum, bum. I love that. Bum. I want to talk about that. I did. I forgot yeah, to mention was... that. Um, we were uh, this idea. Oh, I was going to connect it to something else I was talking about. About Broadway stuff. I wasn't going to talk about Broadway, but but this wonderful moment. Yeah. Of that happened. You probably well, saw on Twitter. To Twitter. You were talking about Twitter. Or Instagram. Yeah. That's yeah. where we. But even before then, right? like when I was talking about the exonerated or something like. Oh, oh, oh! Yes, yes. I was going to connect it to. This show, The Exonerated, that Eric Jensen was in, the Eric Jensen who is has apparently exonerated himself from this broadcast. Um, he, it, when I saw it, he brought on the, the, the cast. The they brought on the real people who had been found not guilty and and found quote unquote innocent, right? So um, and it was the, the the jolt. David, is he in another time zone? I wonder. He shouldn't be. He's on Broadway. If he's in another time zone, he's got to get on a plane, oh. like, now. Um, but, so so they bring on these people who were really yeah, truly excited on stage. It's like, these were the real people. Mm -hmm. So there was a moment like this on Broadway um, just a few days ago when, a show, and I'm not even, I think it's called A Beautiful Noise, Ooh. 
which is a bio musical. They've done so many of them. Carol King, and they, you know, they've done all these jukebox musicals. Well, you know why? And because Excel. Yeah, but I think people like feel nostalgic and they wanna, they wanna see that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, especially people who grew up in a certain age and they grew up in music of the '50s and '60s are now the pre-boomers with money. Who are still, you know, young enough to go to the theater, so although they're aging. I just thought that we what? can't track shipment details and error occurred, so I don't oh, know. Whoopsies. I'm sure they're right on there. They're, they're probably outside now. No, I think hmm. it's going to be between, it could be as late as 10-20. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, so anyway, they're, they're, they're show, you, you, the jukebox musicals, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons kind of set the pattern of that with Jersey Boys, right? And there's just been so many of them, some better than others, and, and so forth. And there's been one now for the, the Temptations, and there's been one for Michael Jackson on Broadway, right? So one after the other, after the dominoes keep coming. So the latest domino, and it's selling very well, uh, the reviews were kind of mixed, but just a couple of days ago, a musical about Neil Diamond opened on Broadway. And so, and, and, you know, million-dollar ticket sales because you've got this whole generation yes. that grew up with Neil Diamond's music. He's a, he's a wonderful songwriter. And so, okay, I, I haven't seen it. I'm not in New York. I may get to see it over the next few weeks. Maybe not. But and so there was, it's an opening night crowd. And I'm sure they had a splendid time, whether or not the musical is that good or not. You know, the songs are the songs. Mm -hmm. So they're having a fine old time, and they're applauding, yay, 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 and yay, opening night. Any show that really makes it to opening night deserves some kind of ovation generally, right? So, and then, surprise, who's there on stage but Neil Diamond? Now, Neil Diamond had to stop concertizing and performing, what was it, four years ago now, four or five years ago now? Because is it, um, yeah, it, so not Gehrig's, what Parkinson's, is it? Parkinson's, Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease, right? Mm -hmm. So it is not feasible for him to travel and perform and do concerts anymore. Hasn't been for a while, right? So just to see Neil Diamond on stage and to give him the, the love, it's sort of the proxy love that they gave the show when they really wanted to give it to Neil Diamond. It's like, oh my God, there's Neil Diamond. Yay, yay for being alive. Yay, you're Neil Diamond, yay. And- He wrote the songs. He wrote the songs, of course. He also had the mic in hand yeah. and started singing yeah. Sweet Caroline. In still the Neil Diamond voice, older. In his bal in a balcony, it was. Was in the balcony? He wasn't on stage. Was no, he was in a balcony. So they oh. were. There was like him and yeah. I guess his handler, and they had a. They knew he was going to sing. So they had camera people up there, but he was like you know those tiny two-person balconies. That's yeah. where he was. But that is a moment, folks. That's a moment that you really can only get on Broadway in New York. It's like, you know, okay, oh yeah, Neil Diamond showed up. You know, this is his show. Sure, it's wonderful. Let's give him a hand. But that second part of it when he started to actually sing and did the song and sounded okay and it sounded pretty good honestly it sounded like old neil diamond as you know you don't know parkinson's if he's just going to be shaking or doing whatever he was, he was fine i don't know if he could do a whole 90 minute concert anymore he pretty can't uh, but but to do that one song and have everybody sing along and do the bum 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 i, I do wonder if sometimes he sang it, kind of sits at home and he says, I've written hundreds, dozens and dozens and dozens of songs, hundreds of lyrics, songs I'm so proud of. So, and, and the one thing people know me for is an orchestra thing going bum, bum, bum. It's like, you know, I didn't even write, some arranger did that. It was, it was Mickey Most or something or, or, or you know, wasn't, um, oh, what's his name? 
uh, the, the dead crazy producer um, that, uh, oh my God, I'm, I'm just blanking on everything this morning. But, but you know what I'm saying. It's sort of like, does Neil Diamond say, really, really, can't, was a daydream believer? He wrote, or I'm a believer. He wrote one of those. He wrote some, you know, all these other terrific, uh, and, and okay, they've, we've forgotten the jazz singer. We've forgiven it. But like, you know, really, bomb, bomb, bomb. And of course, that bomb, bomb, bomb has made him probably $100 million over the years. But still, but he gets up there. That's the thing. And you have this incredible moment of like, the, he's there and he's singing. And he sounds good, and everybody's singing along and giving him the love. What a what a marvel! If you haven't seen it, um, uh, you know when, when I have to take a break from the show, you know, go see it for yourself. I think so, it's on Twitter though. How would you get it? Oh, you just just you probably YouTube it. Just just look up Neil Diamond oh, no, Live, okay. uh, a beautiful noise. Neil Diamond opening night, a beautiful noise live. I'll betcha. I can play a little bit without getting, you know, copyright crap thrown at me. And the crowd's, of course, going completely berserk. As would I. <laughs> Actually, we have a guest. So, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have we have some good news. I do believe one of oh this is this is Ron Rand actually coming up to into play the um, the today yesterday. But that that was that was Neil Diamond, ladies and gentlemen, singing. There he is. It's hard to. He's actually a ghost. He's, yeah, he looks like a ghost singer. He looks like Leonard Cohen. Yeah. But come on, man. That's Neil Diamond. Oh, I, I better stop it before I get into copyright. So. But bum, bum, bum. Right? Right? I can't stop it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can't stop the music, ladies and gentlemen. So, how do I get rid of it? So we're going we're gonna to get to the trivia game. In just a couple of minutes, let's finish up Grilly Crimes and Old Times. Let's do one more crime thing. Then I'll bring in um, Ron, Ronald Rand. Okay. And I believe we also have um, Eva Heineman signing in. And I know they can, I, I can, you know, Eva hosts the show. She's Eva, hosted the show for 25 Ron, years. So Ron. Ron is an actor, performer, yeah. under everything, right? I can, I can literally give those two a topic and just let them go to town. So let's do one more criminality thing. Um, but no, please don't sing that because now I'm going to be doing bump, bump, bump. Now I'm saying 10:30. It went back on again. They went off the radar. Now they're back on. Whatever, whatever. 10:30 yeah. is what. I'll keep looking out. Sometimes it says 10:30 and they make it sooner. I don't know if that tracking is like. Depends how they're driving. You know, one one block they're going 50 miles an hour. And they're like, oh, let's slow down. There's, oh, there's I a think deer. also there's what you call traffic. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, a caller near 34 bypass. So that's a, a yeah, or or in a hospital where you know, oh. they're having heart surgery. A caller near 34 bypass reported getting hit in the head with a vape battery. <laughs> <laughs> God. After a driver threw it out the window. Wow. 
Yeah, I, I told you vaping was dangerous. Why did you have to hit the head with, oh, because they chucked it? Chuck, yeah, chuck out the window. It's a battery. It's going to hurt you. Why are they opening your window? It's cold, yeah. Well, because oh, well, you don't want it in the car. You know, people no, throw garbage. Why is garbage. the other person getting hit? Shouldn't their window be closed? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. There's something going on there. Oh, man. Because I just watched this video um, this morning of this bus driver complaining about a school district. And he's like, he's sitting in the bus. You know, it's just trying to drive kids to school, and the kids are horrible. And then, you know, they're they're throwing things, they're cursing at him daily, and they're having food fights in the bus. I mean, and the, the greatest line is like, he's like, it's not just a little piece of candy. I mean, they're throwing yogurt. I know it's terrible for him, because he has to clean up. He has to pull the bus over, keep the kids seated, clean everything before he can, he can drive again, right? But this this image of yogurt flying around the bus. I'm very sorry, it's disgusting, but it's funny as hell. That's me, I'm disgusting and funny as hell. I'm Dave Lefkowitz and you're watching the Dave's Gone By Facebookio, Podcastio, Programio of the stream live on this Saturday morning, December 10th, 2022. It is our 873rd episode of the program. We're calling it The Exasperated because we were supposed to be talking to the the writer of The Exonerated, and now it really is exasperating because he hasn't shown up. But we do have guests coming into the neighborhood to play our weekly Today Yesterday trivia quiz. So let me bring in um, a wonderful friend of the neighborhood, speaking of theater. His name is Ronald Rand. He's written a book called The Soul... Well, actually, he has a, a, um, a seasonal newspaper for performers called The Soul of the American Actor, and he's also written a book about writing and performing monologues and, and advice for doing that. So let's admit Ron Rand, and then Eva Heinemann should be joining us in just about two weeks. Leslie, two, too, you said? No, no, Leslie's, Leslie uh, can't do this week. Oh, is she okay? She's, uh, she's medical. Oh, okay. no, nothing horrible medical, oh, good, but yeah. Good. yeah. So, um, so Ronald is joining us momentarily. Oh, I've got it on the weird view thing. Does that matter? Does it matter to the viewer if I've got the, the view differently? Yeah. So let me do my side-by-side -side gallery. gallery. Yeah. Ronald Rand, ladies and gentlemen, and look who's coming to join him. Coming to party, coming to party. Here we go. First thing I wanted to both do is a bam, bam, bam. So I'm just yeah, going to make them do it. So they're connecting to audio, and I'm hoping they're connecting to video, too. You know that they know Daniel Simon's not never going to. Eva, before you say anything else, Eva Heinemann, unmute your, your button. I did. Okay, okay. I want you to chime in with exactly what we need right now. Sweet Caroline. Da, da, da. <laughs> and I haven't even had my tea yet. <laughs> Good morning, Eva. We're talking about the Neil Diamond thing. Neil Diamond at the um, live. Oh, oh, no, we lost... Um, Oh, we just lost Ron. Uh, he should be coming back. But I, I'm not going to get to see it till January. There's something going on. They canceled our performance after, like, I mean, we were supposed to go on Tuesday. We're like, are we going? Are we going? Are we going? They wouldn't. They were not responding to press agents. So they finally did and said, oh, no, you can't see it till January. This, so I don't know what the heck is going on. Uh, could it be COVID that they're not talking about? Could, you know, it could be lots of whatever. Maybe they're trying to get to Neil Diamond to play himself. Who's the lead? Who's the lead in the show? I don't know. Will, Will Swenson is the oh, lead. Oh, I do know him. Will, Will Swenson, yeah. Uh, yeah, and his wife, Audra, is doing Ohio State murders right now. 
well, they should really arrest her because that's a terrible thing to do. Oh, you mean the play? Oh. <laughs> like she's in Ohio. <laughs> now, now, Ron, I have to make you do this too because we're going to talk about Ron, oh, yeah. about um, Neil Diamond live um, at the premiere debut Same day. Um, so I'm just going to do this. Sweet Caroline. Oh, wait, wait, you got to uh, unmute, unmute. We can hear you, unmute. Oh, no. Hey, let's try that. How's that, better? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> do it again, do it again, sorry. Sweet Caroline, dun, dun, dun. Thank you, thank you. We're not yes. even Red Sox fans. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Let me welcome properly or improperly, since this is Dave's gone by, to the neighborhood, two of our great, wonderful even theater. Even I'm going to make my tea. You want tea? Uh, I, no, I made tea earlier. Okay. I'm good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we're, we're both on our tea. First saw you having tea, and now she's like, I need more tea. So Eva Heinemann is the host producer of High Drama, which is um, watchable on YouTube and Facebook and also, of course, Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Do you do a show every week or every other week, Eva? Every other week. And I was up till two in the morning because we were like four minutes short. So, And I just found out one more time is closing December 18th and our show is December 17th. So it's like, and we scrambled. So I'm like, well, let's do one more time. I luckily had the review written from when I saw it the public. So I just used that review and just, I didn't know if it was the same director. So I'm like, oh, I better not say the director's name. Because I know Jordan <laughs> Cooper's still in it. And then um, I did saw Hoagie Carmichael Stardust at um, York. And I mm -hmm. saw that. So I'm like, threw that in. So I'm like, I'm like, ah, right yeah, now. Make sure you also did, because I kept getting, it was so nice of them. They kept inviting me to K-pop. Because they, they uh, it's yeah, closing, it's closing. closing this weekend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I did get to see it, but, you know, it was, I couldn't talk about it because it closed. It's December 11th. Our show's December 17th. Well, you could you could mention it. I mean, it says for the history as much as people who are going to go to the theater. You yeah. can say, yeah. yeah, but I can't say much about it because I, I I saw most of it with the sweater over my head. This is just, <laughs> I have vertigo. This show is not for people with seizures, vertigo, epilepsy, anything with with flashing lights or strobe oh. lighting or bad, you know, light <laughs> all over the place and that projection is constantly flashing. I mean, I was nauseous for two days afterwards, which is not a reflection on the show. But it was so much better when it was off Broadway, when Ars Nova, Woodshed Collective and Maye did it. Because it was immersive. You went from room to room to room, like 12 of you. And at one point, they're like, um, well, when we get to America, how do we do the red carpet? And I, I, this is five years ago, Angelina Jolie. So I did that whole Angelina Jolie meme with the legs sticking out, you know, going like that. And it, it, it was just so much fun. And you were like right on top of everyone. Well, it so, wasn't fun on Broadway. On Broadway, it was just like a big thing. Right? They can't do that. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, guys. Immersive worked for the Natasha Pierre thing, but it did not work for this one. Oh, well. Now, Ron. Um, Ron Rand is an actor. He's also a writer about acting. Uh, are you doing your Harold Clerman show anywhere at the moment? Yeah. Yes, uh, Let It Be Art. Right now, because the U.S. State Department has chosen me again for another five years as a Fulbright Specialist Scholar, yeah. um, my first uh, posting, um, I went to Malaysia and Uruguay and Bosnia. And now I'm in discussion with a country in Asia and a country in Eastern Europe. So uh, keep yeah. your fingers crossed. Well, it's in discussion right now. So I'm working on it. 
And uh, it's very exciting. So I have that going, which is really incredible. You know, yeah. well, you go Uruguay, I'll go mine. But <laughs> so and what was the name? I forgive me for not remembering. It was Solo Transformations on Stage. On Stage. Yeah, that's my new book. Yes, exactly. And it's doing very, very well and uh, getting incredibly great response from it, which is wonderful. And I've um, also been sending it out around the world. So it's been really terrific. And then my newspaper, The Soul of the American Actor, is now in its 23rd year, and people can go visit it at soulamericanactor.com. And uh, it's all in color. It's like 75 pages big, and Janine Tesoro is there, and Ben Vereen, and a lot of wonderful people. So it's just been incredible. So I, I've been very busy. And of course, I've been seeing some incredible shows, and I have to say that uh, watching Some Like It Hot was just mind-blowing it was a wonderful wonderful experience and oh. i love that and i just caught a uh, death of a salesman finally and i certainly was blown away by their work too it's an incredible cast and um and then i just caught caught the collaboration that mtc well now i'm a little angry because making me a little mad here because <laughs> we were supposed you guys were supposed to be playing the today yesterday trivia quiz with eric jensen who is on Broadway in the collaboration. Oh. He to be here. He was supposed to be our guest a half hour ago. Uh. He's taken a powder. He's apparently not in a collaborative mood. Oh. We'd love to be hearing from him, but uh, he ain't here. So, okay. so the the game, the tell today, about, yesterday. Tell them about, I will. Did you tell them about Lazy Boy? Not yet, not yet. So um, <laughs> we're going to play the game with you guys, but I'm going to ask you a favor. Okay, um, not right this second, but I'm gonna ask you a favor. I'm gonna give you the option, but but it, Eva, you've hosted a show, Ron, you're an actor, and you both love and talk about the theater or everything. <laughs> so at a certain point this morning, probably between now and 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, Joyce and I are expecting a replacement piece of furniture from Lazy Boy. Because <laughs> take away- <laughs> Of course you are. Yes. Armoire. <laughs> <laughs> and and put out of our, our room, bring it downstairs and bring up the replacement armoire that is hopefully in perfect condition uh, and, and, and deal with all that. So I might have to step away uh -huh. this camera for maybe 10 minutes or so. You guys think that you may, maybe can just carry on it, not, not right this second, but carry on uh -huh. the conversation amongst yourselves. Sure. Oh, you... oh, we're such quiet talkers. We never oh, yes. talk. We're not chatty at all. And yeah, we have nothing to talk about. I have not known each other for decades, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like so excited to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. I'm like, is that right? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh, oh, wait, we're losing your audio. Um, oh. Maybe I can have. Uh, Me? No, Wi-Fi is too in and out. That's it. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. She's fine. She's good. Oh, you. Okay. There we go. That's so. Anyway, so this is thrilling. We're gonna do the game, but I might have to stop the game for a little bit and just say, guys, talk about the theater. Guys, talk about life and and engage our like, audience. I would yeah. like yeah. the gentleman to do some painting too. And, and Ron, if you can paint our new rock for I'm me or for Eva, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. Bob Ross. We have we have the free Samsung TV. And we were watching the Bob Ross channel. He paints for hours. Well, yeah. yeah. Yes. And he talks for hours, too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like watching paint drying. Oh, I love, <laughs> I love Bob Ross. I'm happy little cloud. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I, I watched him growing up as a child 
And um, I, I certainly learned a lot of things in terms of landscapes. But of course, I'm more of an impressionist painter. Yes. So I let the colors just speak to me when I'm painting. And I never know what color will go with which color, even though I trained at the Art Student League. Uh, to me, it's more now um, um, sort of let it, letting your consciousness come in to the process and seeing where it will take you. Right now, I'm in a, a Nepal phase where I'm painting mountains of the Himalayans uh, because I was there in Kathmandu as I was in the Kathmandu International Theater Festival and oh my taught God. my workshop there and it was so incredible. But yes, uh, you know, you never know when these things will happen. Yeah, Kathmandu <laughs> International pants for Halloween with my <laughs> what, was, where, what was that? Is that your bag for, what? Where'd you get that? I missed that. Book. I, I, I like the color with my Book. Oh, oh, oh! That, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's just the right color too. You pick the yellow, the perfect <laughs> yellow for SpongeBob. I think. Oh, oh wow! Yes. Yeah, so, as far as my challenge goes, <laughs> Eva and Ron, it's fantastic to have you in the neighborhood live on this December tenth, two thousand twenty-two. Eva was the winner. Did Did you win last time you played Eva? Were you the? Did you get the crown, or was it Leslie? Or oh no, Leslie got it. Oh, oh, of course, Leslie. Yes. In regards to Leslie, she's a little under the weather, so she's not oh. going to be joining the game today. Uh, and David Schuert is, is actually David. She's she's going to be the one delivering our our bureau. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought so. Okay. Are you going to put the workers on too? Are they going to be part of the guests of the show too? If you know, make, make cameos. I can bring the camera around to them and be like, "Hey, here's exactly." It's going to be two of us. Well, at least yeah, this thing's heavy. Oh yeah, this is a monster. This is a it's a big bureau drawer. No, oh I'm sorry, she's asking if there's gonna be two people playing the game. Oh, and it's yes, yeah. it's gonna be we were supposed to have three, but Eric Jensen wow. has not shown up. Okay. So to him. Anyway. today. <laughs> Come on, he's got two shows today. I'm surprised. I don't, then he shouldn't have, have booked, you know, he shouldn't have put him on this broadcast. Maybe he so. didn't book it, maybe his agent did, and then and then he yelled at his agent, like, how did you be on a two-show day on a Saturday? I, true, true. We were pre-recorded. We have done it earlier in the week. All you know, David, uh, you, David holds a grudge, Eva. You oh, know I, him. Please. Oh, oh, I wouldn't know anything about that, Mark. <laughs> Okay, tell us about the drama desk, Eva. No, anyway. What, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, oh, no. exactly. Oh, please, my revenge fantasies. They keep me awake at night. Yeah. Well, we can, you guys can talk about that while, while we're delivering the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's let's get to the game. The game is called, what the hell's game? Today. You know, you know what I think? What? So what? I saw something on Twitter where they, do you know, like, Pictionary? Another thing where they show, like, symbols and you have to interpret what it means. You should do that. Like, it was like clapping hands and then like a stocking and then something. And you have oh, to concentration. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's still watch concentration. You need you to need... do that. You need to do that. Well, like draw something. And no, no. You, you can like, get pictures and then you could share a screen and show it and then they could make the phrase. That'll be your next one. Oh, that'd be <laughs> You can draw them because I can't draw for. No, you just cut and you cut and paste copyrighted images. No, no, copyrighted images. Yeah. You know, use free well, Ron, for, for next show, you draw. Like all these Ramba, <laughs> Rebus images that we have to put together. Yeah. 
<laughs> Are you going to in introduce this lovely voice from above that's talking? Well, just like, of course, that's Joyce. That's my darling and adorable wife, Joyce. Yes. No. I, um, I know, but I mean, I think she deserves an introduction. Thank you. Yeah. I have to, you know, I'm tracking the lazy boy truck on the app, so I'm tracking uh, the, my furniture delivery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is it being lazy? It's taking its time. It's lazy. lazy. No, no, they've been going uh, for a good time. Here's, we now are just in time for the game. It's a yes. yesterday trivia quiz. So most, some of these questions are going to be things that happened on December 10th in history, and others are just more modern things that like, you know have to do with things mm -hmm. that just happened in the last few days or so. So. Um, oh, I found, here's the one thing. We've got to figure out who's going to go first. So, Eva, mm -hmm. uh, ladies first, could you kindly pick a number between I, one and six and tell me what it is? I did so well. Last time I'm going to do two again. That's going to be my number. Okay, Eva, with a two and Ron? I'll go to the top of the chart and I'll go to six. Oh, because Leslie's not here. Whoa. You're taking it to six. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's channeling Leslie. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm rolling eyes. I'm, I'm going to see who comes up first. Here, oh, I, I just got a number two. So, Eva, do you want to be first or second? What? Oh, um, oh, it's second. I think they say second is the best, right? So, oh. it, it, it may be a little more strategic. So, Eva, you want to go first? <laughs> Unless you want to go second. Sure. <laughs> Okay, I guess. Too much going on. Uh, I don't know. I, I do what uh, I'm told. Okay, so. I'm not told that I am told. Oh, Ron, this means you go first. Okay. I mean, it's not you go. I know that. But your first question, however, and you've done one of these before, is yes. clues in the news. Okay. Does this ring a bell? Have you done this? I've done this. Yes, I have. Very good. Well, you know that three clues in the news means. I'm gonna um, give three words that are not connected to each other, but each word is connected to the word that we are looking for. So right. you find word or word blank, and the word that we are looking for, however, is somehow connected to something that's recently in the news. Mm -hmm. Okay. You ready? Ready. Here we go. The word, oh no, <laughs> the clues are. <laughs> um, the new game. Yeah. Couple, couple, saw, saw, horse, horse. You said horse, horse, horse. Nay, nay. Oh, a horse. A horse. Yeah. Oh, so say them one more time. Here are the three clues: couple, couple, saw, horse. No, no. Well, the only couple horse. Hmm. Well, the only couple I know of is, of course, Megan and Harry. Um, oh. But um, I can only I can only put those out there, and I'll try that as my lucky guess. We're gonna try that as the actual. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna need some noise. I'm gonna. Oh, can I have? Oh, I know. I've got it. I've got it. Ooh. You, you've got it there. I got my owl. I do um, have it. Here we go. Okay. Is that your final answer? Yes, final answer. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I gotta do it like that here. That's, my tinnitus, that's my tinnitus. Oh. <laughs> well, Ron, I'm afraid that is not oh. the answer. That is not the word. Okay. Well, I tried. Eva? 
you have a chance to steal. He was going for what's in the news. This he question. was going for what's in the news. That was his strategy. Yeah. yeah. But it's supposed to relate to what's in the news. Eva, you get to steal this question if you can. Oh, I'm terrible. I hate these questions. I'm terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say what they all have in common is they, and Harry and Megan too, everyone has teeth. The, the couples have teeth, a blade of a saw has teeth, oh. and a horse have teeth. So at least there's something in common, even if it's not new <laughs> unless, unless somebody punched out Harry and knocked his teeth out. out of <laughs> so is that your final answer? Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> oh, oh, and you stole my choke. Hold no. on. Eva, <laughs> you did not just say that. <laughs> no. It's okay. that uh, we have a cavity here in our um, in our scoring because neither <laughs> person gets a point. Remember, it can be blank something or something blank. So we're looking right. at blank couple, couple blank, blank saw, saw blank. Oh. So does that help? I don't. I don't. That's a tough one. Not really. No. <laughs> I love that. Not really. Well, the I word hear. the word that we are looking for is. Power. Oh, power. Power saw, power couple. And horse. Oh, power oh, couple. Oh, wow. Okay, oh, yeah. I would, that's great. And, yeah. And what happened just a few days ago? I know yeah. they finally fixed it. What happened in um, America? Oh, the well, the power has gone out in a lot of places. Is that what yeah. you mean? Well, not a lot. Of, in one particular place, the, the, the criminals in North Carolina okay. shot up a power station. Well, they just did it in Washington State now, too. In Oregon. 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 Both Washington and Oregon. Yeah, they did it again. And I think South Carolina also. It's like it's become a thing now. Oh, that's true. At a power station. That's a real criminal act. It was an unbelievable criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a funny thing a few months ago where somebody deliberately, this is actually funny. They had a water tower. And a water tank, a cowboy, a painting of a cowboy on it. And they aimed the gun specifically so that the bullet went <laughs> to the, the, the uh, cowboy's oh. fly. And so the water started just, <laughs> and it looked like he was. Oh. That was <laughs> funny. It's damages. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of debt, but it's still oh. money. But looking <laughs> up the power station. Um, oh. No. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We'll try. No for anyone there. But. We do have the next question, which will now go directly to Eva. Huh? Now, Eva, this is a more typical question. This is something that actually did happen on December 10th. Uh -oh. Oh, oh, I think we have our, our delivery. Um, oh, oh my on. goodness. Hello? One moment, please. <laughs> my furniture. Yes. Hello, right? <laughs> yeah, it's spontaneous live show. That's what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Is it true? Did Santa Claus arrive? One or the other. The lazy boys are yes. here. So do you need to yes, I do. All right. You know what, guys? Yes. Uh, pick a topic, any topic. <laughs> um, you, I'm sorry to do this to you guys. I really, really am. That's okay. But, 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 we'll survive. We will uh, survive. Yes, absolutely. Have a fantastic time talking. I'm going to leave this going. Engage yourselves. Engage. Talk theater. Talk anything you want. And I'll check back in as best I can. And I should be back within 10 God willing, 10, 15 minutes. Wow. Okay. Are you, okay? you soon? Are you going to put like a, a, a face of 
uh, face of you there, Dave, right right on the chair so we can know that you're um, still with us. <laughs> let's see if we can find an axolotl or something. Hold on. <laughs> a stuffed animal. <laughs> exactly, a stuffed animal. We, we don't want to be all alone. <laughs> That's part of the fun. <laughs> Wait, Ava, but if I stop liver? Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you, Eva, if you if you had a chance to see some like it hot. Thank you. There we go. I knew that. I knew that was coming. Potato head. <laughs> Actually, I'm seeing it this afternoon. But oh, I was very lucky. I don't know if you're in New York still or not. I am. Yes. Oh, goody. But I got to go to like a, a rehearsal of it, like a workshop rehearsal where they were oh. kind of like they were. It was like. They didn't have the sets or anything, and, and right. all the creatives were there. They were trying to figure out and tweak it and everything. Mm -hmm. So um, I forgot who the director was, but he would come out and say, now this is supposed to happen. This is supposed to show up. So we right. got a bare bones presentation of it, oh, and wow. I loved it. I thought, you know, this really works. I mean, they didn't, maybe they put it in now, but I was kind of, the only thing that bothered me, they didn't have my favorite line about, um, Oh, the, the fuzzy end of the lollipop. I love the fuzzy end of the lollipop line. It's okay. a brilliant line. I hope uh -huh. they put it back in. Uh, they may have put that back in because I remember hearing the word lollipop in the show. And um, I mean, it was really right on the mark. I mean, the jokes were just coming left and right. The delivery was perfect. I know, uh, the, the timing was excellent. And uh, I mean, all the dancers, the, the, the chorus are incredible dancers. They're just amazing. Um, and every every aspect of the show was really, really there. And um, it's one of the best musicals I've seen in a long time. And and certainly, um, you know, both of the, both of the composer and lyricists and, and the book writers, they've just really, really made it work. And Shaman uh, and Scott Whitman. Oh boy, they're tremendous. And I mean, they've, you know, from Hairspray and, and all the shows that they've done, but uh, they've really put it together on this one and they've made it work. And yeah. what was, was so wonderful is that the audience just ate everything up, as did I. I mean, it was one of those shows you just walk out and you know you've had the best time. And that's what Broadway musicals are all about, you know. Yeah, this is the one that's getting the best buzz. I mean, everyone's talking about this and everyone's talking saying how great. And I'm like, yeah, I finally get to see it properly. Yeah, and, yeah. And but also, it was pre pretty cool to to actually, um, you know, see some of I didn't get a chance to see the Neil Diamond show yet. But I, I have to tell you, watching Neil Diamond on on YouTube sing. Uh, have you seen that at the end of the show? Yes. Opening night. I mean, that was tremendous. What a great, you know, gift. Uh, for the people to to hear uh, Neil Diamond sing in person, and um, it's special things like that. Last night, when I after Death of a Salesman, I went out to Erdetois, uh, and uh, who's sitting down at a table just two tables away from me, of course, is the star of Death of a Salesman. And I mean, it's just wonderful uh, that you know that's the, the one of the magical things about New York City is the spontaneity. You just never know what's going to happen. You know what you'll run across. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that's so wonderful to get to be into a, a dress rehearsal like that before the show opens, because um, I love that. I've seen a couple of shows that way. And at one point as an actor, I was also a reader uh, for the roundabout. So I was actually, of course, uh, at the auditions when some of the shows were actually being cast and actually, you know, reading opposite some of the people who ended up in some of the shows. 
So that's also a very great opportunity to be, you know, behind the scenes, you might say. Well, I would have been dumbstruck if some, if like Boyd Gaines or someone had showed up. I'm like, I'm, I'm reading with Boyd Gaines. Oh, ow. Oh, yeah, they all come in. I mean, I was reading opposite Roma Downey at one point when we were, she was doing a show at the Roundabout. And it's just so much fun because um, even I think one of the earlier, earlier times I did it, uh, Christopher Reeve was there. And um, and he was just a, just a pleasure to uh, to get to uh, have a chance to chat with, and and that's one of the joys of not only acting in, in shows, but also sometimes you're chosen as a reader, so you get to read uh, opposite some wonderful folks, you know. When I hey, you're I back. <laughs> I mean, I, momentarily, they're bringing one thing in there. So I have a, a breather to listen. And it sounds really wonderful. You're talking well, about. I, just want to, I want to tell you my Christopher Reeve story. So yes, yeah. Um, when I was in London, I was in London back in '78, '79 when Superman first came out, and my <laughs> friend Polly Arnold was a huge uh, autograph hound, and so. I actually own an autograph book. And we went to the opening of Superman. And I got Christopher Reeve and Karen wow. Stamps and all their autographs. And they were all so nice. And I, I mean, when I look at this autograph, it's a book. It's amazing, the people I have in it. Oh, tell, Eva, please, share. Oh, I love your backdrop, Eva. Look at that. <laughs> I, I mean, at one point, we actually did this. We actually hopped in a taxi and said, follow that cab, because we wanted to get Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> Did you get Sammy Davis Jr.? We got Sammy Davis Jr. We got Gregory <laughs> Peck. Yeah. Who else do you have in the, in the book? Because there's this this whole big thing. Um, you know, all these autograph places are apparently fraudulent. And then Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan got called on the carpet, like I had to do a public apology because he apparently had vertigo oh, and was supposed to be signing these books. Mm -hmm. And couldn't he had like six hundred books that he had to sign mm -hmm. of, of his yeah. you know his latest um, stuff about rock and roll, and so he had sort of an auto sign thing being done. Mm -hmm. so people paid like two hundred dollars a book for his mm -hmm. signature, and it wasn't right. really kind of his actual hand on the paper. So I mm -hmm. do a public apology about this. So you know all the whole autograph thing is shady, but that book of yours, Eva, is real. So who's in there? Sammy Davis Jr., Christopher Reed, who else? Uh, Gregory Peck, uh, Terrence Stamp, Wayne Sleep, he's a British person. Okay. Um, let's see, uh, I think Jack Nicholson, Warren Beatty, and Angelina Jolie, because they were doing Red at the time. Mm -hmm. and well, Angelina Jolie, well, she, she wasn't even born then, Red. Um, no, Angelica Oh, you Yeah, okay. We got the people. You keep talking. Keep, keep, keep okay. talking about yourselves. <laughs> yeah, so, no, that was fun. I mean, I can't do that anymore. I can't be an autograph hunt. Well, not only because of COVID, but because, you know, I'm a theater critic. It's like, you know, if, if you can't, you know, it's, it's unprofessional to ask people's autographs anymore. But I used to love going backstage and getting people's autographs. Uh -huh. Well, it's fun. I mean, of course, the joy is actually spending the time with them. And, and getting to know them as a person. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things. I mean, I, I would, you know, created this book called Create with 130 of the most extraordinary people on the planet, because um, it's about how extraordinary people live to create and create to live. So I have 130 of the most amazing people like Chaka Khan and Carol Burnett and, and Ben Vereen and people like that in the book. And, and um, one of the joys, of course, is spending the time to actually talk with them 
because um, you know, I pick up the phone and 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 I hear this voice and and it's and she says, "Hi, it's Carol. I heard you want to talk with me." And there I spending, you know, 20, 25 minutes talking with Carol Burnett. And that's the, you know, even a greater joy than having, you know, an autograph or something, uh, because you really get a chance to really share ideas and 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 get to know them as a person and you have the chance. And so that's one of the been one of the great blessings of of my newspaper and, and this new book, um, because um, I've done over probably close to fifteen hundred interviews over the almost past 25 years with all these folks. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's a great, great blessing because some of them are, are no longer around with us, but we have their words, you know. I remember when I did this uh, incredible interview with Spalding Gray. Um, and, and did you ever know Spalding or see his shows? Oh, of course. You know, yes. he's East Village, you know, he's, yes. he's a downtown guy. I'm a I'm a downtown gal. So, yeah. yeah. So you grew up seeing uh, you were there some of his earlier shows. Oh, absolutely. At PS 122. Exactly. Exactly. So when I when I did the interview with Spalding, we kept missing each other. So at one point he left this long conversation on my answering machine saying, hi, it's Spalding, but I see you're not there. And um, I'm sorry we missed each other, but I know we're going to get together and I have to tell you what a day I had. And he starts telling me about his day, just like <laughs> one of his shows. And so when we finally get, did get a chance to, to talk together, it was the same kind of thing. And uh, it was the same kind of thing when I got together with Andre Gregory, too. Because, um, you know, he, of course, did this uh, phenomenal movie. And and it was my like my my lunch with Andre because it went on for three hours and he wasn't finished. So he said, oh, well, I can't believe the time's uh, over. I have so much more to tell you. And I said, well, let's get together. And then we met together for another three hours. So. You know, and of course, I couldn't have a six hour interview in the newspaper, but um, it ended up being one of the longest interviews I've ever published. And um, another you can make a sequel. My my uh, my my lunch. Yes. <laughs> with Andre. It was just tremendous. But we had so much in common. And also oh, because. Yeah, of, of course. Exactly. But I did. I did um, a study with uh, Jerzy Grotowski. Um, and and he did, but he studied with him over in Poland. And so we had a chance to talk all about him as well. And uh, it's always interesting. I'm sure you've done quite a fair amount of interviewing yourself. Yeah, I'm, I so miss the red carpet. I so do. And yeah. it's better when the press agents or the publicists are kind of distracted. So instead of just <laughs> two minutes, you get to sit down and have a long chat. When oh. Rich Griffith was doing um, the History Boys, I got a chance to talk about With Nail and I, which is this cult movie that I just absolutely love this movie. So we were just Uh babbling away for like 15 minutes before the guy realized, wait a minute, where's Richard Griffith? Uh, (laughs) It's nice when you get a chance to hug them or or, um, John Kander was outside, you know, just getting some breath of fresh air. There was nobody around. So I'm like, ah, get the camera and just talk, 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 talk. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's one of the most wonderful things. When I when I went to the opening of uh, just recently, the I guess the grand premiere of the James Earl Jones Theater. Were you there uh, when they had the uh, 
opening I day? Know, I didn't know when they were doing it. I'm sort of behind about information. So I, yeah, I well, well, some of it shows up on Facebook periodically and some of it, you know, on different websites. So um, when I got there um, and it was wonderful because a lot of the wonderful guests were arriving and I got a chance to chat with Felicia Rashad again, who's a dear friend who was also in in my book, Create. And um, and with uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell, who sang one of the shows, and um, we're working on trying to do an interview together. And oh my God, what a great, great uh, actor and the shows he's done. But it's wonderful. Um, and and it, of course, uh, Kenny Leon uh, was there, and 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 he's got a new show that just this uh, just opened on Broadway. Um, so a lot of state murders. Exactly. Did did you see it yet? Not yet. I, I haven't even booked it yet. I have to. It's yeah. like I gotta figure. There's like ten Broadway shows open up this month. I'm I like, know. Can you imagine in December? In December <laughs> I know. Plus, there's all the off-Broadway stuff you have to see. Plus, your friends' shows you have to see. Of course, of course. Oh, yeah. No. Well, how do you deal with going to your friend's shows that they're not so good, and you have to be diplomatic? How do you deal? Yeah. With well, that's part of the joy of theater. I mean, you <laughs> one of the proverbial things that people uh, I've heard people say well I've never saw anyone do something like that before <laughs> <laughs> you know how do you deal with that but uh, generally when I've I've gone to shows of my friends they've they've been pretty good and uh, I've, I've always uh, talked about the you know the authenticity in the show and and how they they've really pulled it pulled it together well look who's back yeah oh, they, hi I'm we're, we're believe it or not First of all, hello, hello. I think we had our times crossed wrong or something like yeah. that. But oh, it's my fault. I had technical difficulties. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, I had, I, I unacceptable. The <laughs> hour and I had no phone number, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, welcome. welcome, Eric Jensen. Uh, Eric, you're coming a rather interesting, <laughs> interesting point. So first of all, let me introduce everybody uh, to everybody. This is Eric Jensen. He is. Um, well, he, he co-wrote The Exonerated and co-created that. He's also did the Lester Bangs uh, solo show called, I'm sorry, I don't have this in front of me. How, how to Be a Rock Critic. Thank you, How to Be a Rock Critic. And he's on Broadway now in a play called The Collaboration. You are collaborating right now, Eric, with Eva Heinemann, who has long hosted a show called High Drama of Theater Hi, Eva. Yes. Hi, we've met, we've talked to each other. Cause, uh, oh, yes. With, when you did The Exonerated, Cold Country, yes. Yes, I, I remember you. It's good to see you again. Yes, hi. And near her is our great friend Ronald Rand. He writes about acting. He's also an actor himself. He does a one-man show about Harold Clerman. And he, he, if you've ever seen the newspaper, The Soul of the American Actor, he's been putting that out for 23 years. Oh, my goodness. You know it. Yeah, yeah I love that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I have to tell you how much I've, I've enjoyed your work over the years, especially The Exonerated, but I just saw you of course, in the collaboration. And uh, it's one of the best shows I've seen on Broadway in years, I have to tell you. And I just loved everybody's work, including yours. So heartiest congratulations. And I hope we'll have a chance to uh, chat together sometime. Well, actually, right now, here's the deal. Um, <laughs> it's been a very messed up morning. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. Hi, Eric. Hi, Dave. Um, so I host this program. <laughs> um, and, and what we can maybe rejigger this. Are, are you doing a matinee today, Eric? I, I am doing a matinee, but I can bring my computer with me if you want. Wow, this is because yeah. we wanted Rabbi Salt to interview you. We got to 
maybe rejigger that or maybe I can just do it. But before then, you were taking part in the quiz, right? The Today Yesterday trivia quiz oh. with, um, with Eva and with Ronald. My issue is right now is when Lazy Boy has decided to try and replace a cabinet in my house. I mean, or <laughs> Uh, and they're, they're removing it. They brought the new one, and the new one is broken. Ah, <laughs> so they no. have to take the new one away and the old one away, and I'm in the middle of dealing with this. So right now, Ron and Eva are just kind of conversing with each other about theater. Um, can they bring you in? And I will be back in five minutes. This is a ridiculous <laughs> thing. I apologize. We can all chat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'll chat. Guys we're, we're professional <laughs> talkers, actually. <laughs> so, so, um, so I'm curious. Um, what uh, you, you, when did you see the show? I just actually caught it two days ago. Oh, wonderful! And, and uh, the audience, of course, just loved it. But of course, I did, and um, I went. I, I went to see the show with um, a, a dear friend, Rita Fredericks, who's nine, almost approaching ninety-nine years old. Wow! And. Awesome. and um, and what's so so exceptional is that she, of course, uh, was thoroughly engrossed in the show, as was I. But um, she knew a lot of the original artists back years and years ago and, and ran into people like Picasso and Duchamp and people like that. So oh it was God. a whole different art world. But I actually ran into Andy uh, Warhol when I was out uh, giving out my newspaper, The Soul of the American Actor, you know, years and years ago on the street. And um, and and I, I, I approached Andy and I, I and he was giving out his interview magazines. So wow. we, we exchanged together. <laughs> And we chatted together about about what he was working on and and what was on the cover of his of interview and and I talked about what was on the cover of my newspaper. So it was fun, a kind of meeting. And then two weeks late, uh, two weeks later, I'm in a restaurant in the village, and of course he's sitting a table away from me. So uh -huh. we sort of like calmly waved to each other, like we were old friends. But you know. <laughs> interview, interview magazine was um our our teacher at um in my high school had interview magazine in the in the art room mm -hmm. uh, and it was in there for references because there were so many great pictures and stuff like that mm -hmm. you could, like draw from it and there were all sorts of interesting stories about artists and yeah and that and a book by tama janowitz and a film called next stop greenwich village directed by paul mazursky were the reasons that i moved to new york mm -hmm. city Wow. So what is your part in collaboration? Because I'm not seeing it till next week. Um, well, oh, I play a uh, Bruno Bischoff Burger, the uh, the uh, art art dealer, the um, uh, uh, gallerist, I guess you could call him. Um, uh, uh, the play is about Andy Warhol and Jean Michel Basquiat. They uh, did a very famous collaboration in the '80s where they collaborated on a bunch of paintings together. And uh, initially, the idea was Bruno Bischoff Burgers. Uh, from what I understand, uh, Basquiat had visited him in Switzerland, and um, and had been drawing on the floor with one of his kids. And he was like, "Oh, David will be back in a minute." Oh, look, he had the guest. David will be back in a minute. We had a delivery, and they delivered another damaged product, so we had to return like a hundred-pound dresser. So I'm translating in Spanish. Thank so I'm hoping David will be back. We're all good. We're all good. Anyway, so so uh, it was Bischoff Berger's idea to bring this neo-expressionist artist and this pop artist together to bring the two generations together. I sort, I guess it's sort of like uh, 
uh, uh, Britney Spears and Phoebe Bridges collaborating together. <laughs> oh, in a way. That's kind of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I certainly uh, appreciated uh, where you were coming from as the art art uh, dealer and and the um, probing of trying to uh, and and trying to play uh, each one you might say against each other to try right. to get them together to collaborate. But um, it was also I mean, it was very interesting to see what you had to deal with later on in their collaboration as well. Sure. And, um, yeah, and uh, and I think you certainly found found a way to do do that. I was just going to ask you how you actually um, decided on um, how you approached him uh, initially and what kind of a, um, as, as far as, um, was he really, really uh, very anxious to get them together? Was it dependent upon the, the success of the gallery or um, was it also just personal glory, you might say? Um, personal, I think, I mean, there's always ambition at the center of some things, but, but you know, really what I based him on is I based him on pretty much every agent that I've ever worked with. <laughs> you know, um, you know uh, uh, agents and, and art dealers too are, are, are like, you know, uh, father or mother confessors, they're, uh, they're psychologists, they're, they're uh, nannies sometimes. Um, and when you're trying to get two clients to work together, you know, especially clients Clients with big personalities like Warhol and Basquiat, um, and with big visions too. You know, there's a there's a finesse that you have to engage in to get people working well together. And you know, my wife and I, having spent so much time on the other side of the table in the theater, you know, um, having an eight or nine person cast, uh, you know, there's there's going to be conflict, there's going to be a disagreement, there's going to be things like that. And so I tapped into those personal experiences and then. Uh, added in, um, added in what I think is was uh, Bruno's attitude towards his artists. I think he loved him like that. They were they were in his his own kids. Yeah, yeah, I I loved uh, what the the playwright did uh, in in creating all the uh, incongruities and and the complex complexity and the conflict of of everyone. Uh, there was just one moment that I I mean I, I'm always thinking that an art gallery dealer is always thinking ahead. And when Basquiat was was drawing on the floor, <laughs> I, I was surprised because you, you you said, stop drawing on my floor. And, and here I am, you know, thinking, well, all these, Banksy is all over the place doing his paintings. <laughs> I would think that the dealer at that moment would say, okay, he's drawing on my floor. All I have to do is cut out that little spot and I've got another $100,000 drawing. <laughs> sure. well, you know, it's funny, there's a very famous Basquiat painting that uh, it was a drawing that he did on Keith Haring's wall and Haring loved it so much he cut it out of the wall and ended up uh -huh. painting it. Um, uh, that, that, that piece of art was the center of some controversy a couple of years ago. Um, huh. but, but, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> I think, I think, um, yeah, I had that I had that question over and over again. I was like, well, I should just get some polyurethane and put it on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's another worth, you know, a priceless work of art. <laughs> yeah. In the moment. Well, when you sell the house, you could say, well, we have an original basket on the floor. So well, that's very funny that you say that because um, on our, we own our, our building in Brooklyn. It's a little three unit building that we got the last deal in the neighborhood. And um, a few many years ago, I haven't told this story yet, and I should tell this story. 
Um, many years ago, a, um, a very famous French artist, a street artist named Space Invader, um, and if you've seen his things, he makes things with tile, and he makes little Space Invaders guys with, like, bathroom tiles. Wow. And they, if you look around New York, you can see little Space Invaders all over New York City, but he's oh, a very yeah. famous street artist. And him and his crew knocked on our door one night and asked if, um, if they could put a, a, a piece of his work on our building, on the side of our building. And we were like, oh my God, yes, you know? <laughs> and, so so, cool. and so we had this beautiful, um, this beautiful, it was, a, it was a spray can that said NYC, all, in, all done in tile. It looked like, uh -huh. like an old 8-bit computer video game. Cool. And um, and then and then well you know and Jessica was smart she's like you know that's up on our wall on the side we should probably get it insured and and wouldn't you know it just last year just last year somebody stole it off the side of our building oh and and uh, yeah. but fortunately we had we had we'd had it insured so it was all right but I I was bummed out because the insurance wasn't important to me it was the piece of art on our building you know. Yeah. Did you have a yeah. picture of it? Did you take a picture of it? Yeah, I have a picture of it. I have a couple pictures of it. I mean, he's a contemporary of Banksy's. You know, his stuff goes for like his his official drawings go for like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars in galleries and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it's just the art market's gone through the roof today. So, you know, everything like that is crazy. I've yeah. always loved. I mean, I've been an artist since I was born because my mother was an art teacher. Ah. And. And I, whenever I travel in my show, because I've been to like 26 countries with my show and, and everywhere I go, I travel, but I, I bring my paints and I paint on things I find, you mm. know, whether they're stones or they're shells or they're bark or they're palm fronds. For, for example, when I was in India, I found this uh, piece of, uh, it's from um, like the, a part of a jar uh, and, and I decided to paint the, the Taj Mahal on it. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, wow. That's, that's fantastic. I do stuff like that. And, and oh. it's because, um, you know, I, I found this rock when I was in, in uh, Bosnia, and it's a really oh, nice wow. piece of rock. But on, on the other side, I painted the Peace Bridge in Mostar. Oh, that's oh, so wow. cool. Yeah, and, and it really, you know, connects me to the earth. And it's part of nature, and uh, that's one of the joys. And and uh, for example, I found this palm frong as well uh, in the Cayman Islands. You oh, see, and, and it's yeah. so cool. And then I painted a bird that I saw there as oh, well. Oh man, so, you're really talented. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. But I I understand about uh, you know deciding to paint on floors. And sure. I, I, I grew up painting on walls as a kid at three years old because my mother couldn't stop me from painting. Sure. So I painted everywhere I painted. So I understand what Bobcat was doing. You know, I it don't was... tell the I didn't tell the cast members, but but um, I used to be a, a cartoonist for High Times Magazine back in the day. Oh, that was, my, cool. that was my, one of my first jobs when I moved to New York before the acting thing took off, and that was a lot. Yeah. Of fun. Oh but, my God! You know... Hey, Shalom! Shalom! Shalom, everyone! God damn it! How are you, everyone? My gosh, uh, Dave has asked me to come and, and do some of the things that, I, and I'm hearing that you were a cartoonist. Where this is with Eric Jensen. You yeah. were a cartoonist at High Times Magazine. Does this mean you puff a little bit of the? I, I used to back in the day, but you know, I had a. I, on a serious note, I had a. I had a brain aneurysm at the beginning of the year here in February. Oh. Yeah, and so my doctor. And it was pretty serious. I almost died, but my. Oh, but I'm okay. God. 
Um, but my uh, my doctor uh, my doctor told me I had to cut all the booze out and all the all the all the all the wonderful legal weed now that they have in the city. Unfortunately, the I can't do, can't do so, that. So, most important question: uh, Did you have a Jewish doctor? Because <laughs> I, I believe so. I believe yes. so. Yes. I didn't ask him, and he didn't ask me. But but I but he was willing to operate on a Buddhist, so I, I was okay. <laughs> Well, you should pay attention because because if it's your doctor, you should really listen to them. They know what they're talking about. So if you don't like, I'm going to include you guys also in talking to Eric Jensen. But we'll have some questions, friend, and then we can maybe go back to the quiz, or I don't even know what the hell's going on. But um, David having thoughts. He's dealing with with furniture. You don't. You shouldn't even know from it. Furniture. I'll bet you made by Goyim. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Literally, I'm, Dave is out there. He's looking at this cabinet that's going back. It says "Made in Vietnam." I'm like, two damaged cabinets. This they're getting us back for Danang. I'm telling you, that's what this is all about. But you know, Eric, Eric Jensen, welcome, welcome properly to the neighborhood and shalom to you. So did they? I'm sorry that I missed the early part of the conversation here. How are things going? How what what? When did you know that you had the character down of the art dealer that you play in the collaboration? Was there a moment where it was like, oh, I got it? Uh, actually, I'll, uh, this is weird. Um, this has only happened on a couple of things. It happened when I played Thurman Munson, and it happened a little bit with Lester Bangs, but there's only the third time this has happened to me. Right at the beginning, right at the very first audition, I knew who the guy was. Like, Anthony mm -hmm. McCartan's writing is so good. Um, that I, I, I immediately understood he was. I watched a little video of Bruno Bischoff Berger and uh, to just get the, and I'd met a Swiss guy uh, to get the accent that I met a Swiss guy while I was on vacation earlier this year in Europe. Just took all those elements together and, and, and it, was, it, was, it, was almost, it was almost immediate. I mean, there was, there was a lot to work on in terms of the ins and the outs of how to deal with um, the other actors and stuff like that. Um, but, but in terms of just the basic character, I knew who he was kind of right away. And by the way, I just want to say I'm working, I'm working with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Krista Rodriguez and Paul Bettany and Jeremy Pope. And in my opinion, I'm not the person who runs these things, but I think there are some award-worthy performances in this production. I think, uh, I think, I think they're pretty special. I think these are some. I think Jeremy and Paul especially are giving some pretty special performances that people should see. By the way, the, the hardest part of trying to play a Swiss character is not making them cheesy. But you know, <laughs> comedy right there. That's humor. <laughs> I just got that. That took me like ten seconds. <laughs> Let me ask you also though about the 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 play. I'm sure you were talking about this before, but but in terms of the exonerated, do you and your your lovely wife Jessica Blank do you get asked like weekly or daily? by people sitting on death row, like sequel. I mean, you, you uh, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, we, we do get a lot of queries about stuff like that. And we, we, you know, the, the death penalty dive was a four or five year journey for us. If you start from the very first interviews to, to uh, the play being up for a couple of years and, and the movie, we, we started to call it the exon and on and honorated. Um, <laughs> But uh, but but, you know, unfortunately, the on and on and on part of the prison industrial complex in America is still uh, 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 alive and and, um, and and strong in its own authoritarian way. And and we are, are actively always trying to pursue justice with our work. And um, 
you know, mostly, uh, mostly we get asked when it comes to documentary theater stuff, everybody's got an interesting story. And mostly we get, we get hit up by a lot of people who think that their story or their cluster of stories would be an interesting documentary play. And we take all those, all those requests very seriously. So I don't know, again, if you were asked this, but, but are you and Jessica, like, uh, may, may I call her Jessica? Yes, absolutely. And yeah. may I call you, you? I mean, yeah, you may call me, me. Yeah. So, EJ, EJ, if you're bored. Yeah. Yeah. But are you working on specifically another documentary type piece at the moment? Right now, what we're doing is we're doing a few projects. We're making the Lester Bangs movie. Um, we're, um, and then David Simon, who created The Wire, we're creating a, um, a TV show with him. And then Ed Burns, who created The Wire, we're creating a different TV show with him. And then finally, I can't tell you what it is, but we just got a commission from the public theater to write a musical. A musical? Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be based on historical documents and stuff like that. Not um, as close to interviews as we can get with people who are no longer here. But it's I went I, I was late seeing it um, because we got the tickets right before the pandemic. But um, I, we took my we took our daughter to see Hamilton. And after seeing Hamilton, I just realized what the possibilities of the form were and and um, realized we needed another another challenge. And so we decided to uh, pitch a musical to Oscar Eustace and he said yes. So are you going to be the composer and or how does that work? No. no, 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 we haven't we haven't settled on a composer yet. We're still uh, talking about people and looking for a partner. Well, hey, hey, listen, listen to this. Just listen to it. Yiddle dim, yiddle dum, and you can reprise it over and over as necessary. Oh, I've got it. It works on its own. Thank you very much. I wouldn't want to take that from you. <laughs> so then, let me ask you also, um, yeah, all, all the theater that you do, the collaboration, but also I, I'm sure what has allowed you to live in a nice little New York apartment there, that I, I believe that's what you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, Brooklyn. You, you've been Wait. doing TV. You, you, what do yeah. you, everybody says, oh, they'd rather do theater than TV. But has, has TV been the saving grace of your career that you can afford to write musicals? You can afford to go and do off-Broadway theater in this because, oh, you get to be on Mr. Robot. You you get a a thing on, what is it, For Life, and whatever else you're doing for television. Your thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I really love TV and and film as as an art form. Um, I love the, I love the, I love the, the, pardon me, but the collaboration with the crew and, and with the director and the other actors, it's, it's fast, it's low to the ground. Um, you don't have much time to think about the choices that you're making. So you make good, uh, solid choices on the fly. It's very spontaneous. And then you've moved on to new material the next day. It's sort of like being in a jazz quartet, whereas being in a play is like being in a, in a classical uh, a classical music uh, uh, type thing, you know, it's, it's, um, they're two very different forms, but, um, but yeah, but I, I actually will say that the closest thing that I've been to, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan, and the closest thing that I've been in that's been as spontaneous and, and, um, and uh, with as much back and forth really has been the collaboration. I mean, we're, we're really like a, we're really like a group of musicians playing off one another. Well, I, I don't want to, oh, of course, I always want to monopolize the camera because I'm me, but, but <laughs> even I, I interrupted you and Ron when you were talking to Eric. Are there more questions that you would want to ask him too? Or do you have any questions, Eric, for them? 
Because, you know, I'm, I'm always filled with questions. I mean, I'm usually interviewing people, so I think I should probably sit back and keep my mouth, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. of course, that's what you do. So, but either of you guys want to continue, I, uh, you know, because I came in here and barreled in as I do, but no, you guys are good. So let, let me look at anything. I'll ask some, some other things. Did you have, when you had uh, the aneurysm in your brain, yeah. um, did you have a, a moment of sort of your life either flash before your eyes or like, a coming to Jesus or Moshe moment, or, or just like, let me just get through this as another test and I'll be out of the hospital. You don't think about life, death, leaving life, wow, if you will. Wow. You should have gotten to me then. I was very convertible. No, I had a, um, well, you know, the I didn't have any symptoms leading up to it. I, I slurred some words about a week before, and and um, you know, like I said, I'm 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 in uh, I'm in uh, recovery, and and I'd stopped drinking, and my wife said, "Are you drunk?" And I was like, "No, no, never, never." And the, what we'd missed was that my that the the uh, the aneurysm was pressing on my blood vessels, and it was making my my speech slur a little bit. So we missed that. Um, and then, and then it kind of came on me all of a sudden. And, and I think the first, the first, uh, the first, I, I did have a, a vision of how I wanted my future to be after I came out of it. First of all, the first thing that I realized was how many friends that I have. So many people showed up at the hospital. Oscar came to the hospital to visit me, um, took time out of his busy schedule to do that. All of the members of the cast came. I had uh, friends from the past casts of Exonerated and of, of our other play Aftermath coming into my house to take care of me and feed me and hang out with me and watch TV while I would ask them over and over again where my wife was. Um, and, and you know, so first of all, I, I realized how many, how, what a wonderful community we've built here in New York City. And that's, that's, that's my strength. That's where I live, uh, including my wife and my daughter. Um, second, I, I realized that, um, that, you know, it's a cliche, but, you know, there is, I'm a Buddhist, so I'm supposed to believe we do this over and over and over again, but, but there is this one life and there is this one moment and maybe I should do something with it. The key moment for me was when we were on vacation in Europe this year, um, I went to see a wonderful production and I can't remember the director's name right now in London of The Seagull starring my friend Indira Varma, who I'd done a TV show with. Oh, she's gorgeous. Ooh, yeah, yeah, she's yeah. amazing. And she's like, and she's all sci-fi now. She's doing Dune. She's super cool. Um, but uh, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones was in the cast. And Amelia, I'm watching this amazing performance in The Seagull, and it dawned on me that Amelia had had two brain aneurysms during um, during uh, during uh, Game of Thrones and survived both of them, and was now doing this amazing play in on the West End. And I I sat there and I watched her beautiful performance, and I went, "Well, shit! If she can do it after going much worse than I did, I can do it." And so I called my agents and I asked them to start putting me up for bigger stuff because, because it it was time, but also I didn't want to waste time. Broadway has never been on my bucket list. It's it's um it's never it's never been a it's it was not ever the goal. My goal was never to be famous. My goal was just to express myself with my with my work. And I was fortunate to be able to do that in in acting and directing and writing too. And and I think if I'd really focused on it, maybe it would have come sooner, but it's really nice that it's coming now, especially since, you know, the aneurysm was just in February and, 
And, uh, and you know, my life has started over again. This is chapter two. Mit Mazel, mit Mazel. Let me, let me ask you, very prominently on your arm is this very colorful tattoo thing. Sure. Oh, good God, yeah. holy shit, look at this well, thing. Yeah. Why would you put this on Whoa, your body? what is it? Jessica, is that uh, your daughter's name? What is this? Jessica and Sadie. Sadie and Jessica. That's and it's a Magnolia. My, my daughter's middle name is Magnolia. And then this this is a Buddhist tattoo. It's called Mahakala, and Mahakala is roughly uh, uh, the wrathful form of the Buddha. The take the take no shit form of the of the Buddha. And I've got my Buddha on the other side here. Oh, look, oh my, oh, nice so, boots. Look at that. <laughs> wait, 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 why does your Buddha have tits? Well, what's going on with that? that? that a, that's been an ongoing conversation with my tattoo artist. <laughs> I was like, can you cover up? Okay, so the fatter the Buddha, the bigger the blessing, Rabbi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The bigger the Buddha, the bigger the blessing, Rabbi. But that, so, okay, you've got this, this frightening Kali thing on one thing, and then you've got the Buddha thing on the other. But I do ask, you're an actor. Right. Yeah. And, and perhaps at some point will have been or, or asked to do top nude scenes, things like that, or, or play characters with short sleeve shirts. I mean, right. is it, do you realize like every if you have getting another show like this eight times a week, you've got to just put like pancake over yeah. your why do, why would you tattoo yourself? A, I got an airbrush and and B, um, B, I, I, I really like <laughs> I asked myself this question and I said, Well, what if I have to take my shirt off for a roll? And then one day I realized I'm not the kind of actor who takes his shirt off. Oh, <laughs> oh. No, my God. Because I have to I'm tell not. Dave told me this. He when um what's his name? Laura Benanti uh-huh. was in Gypsy. Uh-huh. This is going back like 10, 15 years. Dave saw Laura Benanti and Gypsy. And there's a wonderful, great actress, a terrific role, all this. And she also takes, you don't really see, but she takes a close to Gypsy Rose uh-huh. Lee. And it's like, what the hell? He, he's looking, she's turned around, and he's like, the, on the, and, and, you know, she has a tramp stamp, this woman. And <laughs> you just see the makeup, like, plastered over this thing. And it's like, Gypsy Rose Lee in 1950-something would not, or for, well, even 1930-something, would certainly not have had gook all over her back, you know, covering, right. uh, you know, what God knows what Laura Baganti has air, on there. An airbrush is a better vehicle. It must be. I'm, I'm just saying, it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't get, but, but God bless you. For, does, does your wife have any tattoos? Yeah, she's got, uh, she's got four or five, actually. She's got one on the back of her neck. Um, uh, she has two on her back where, um, uh, based on a book called Hope for the Flowers, I've got one of those here um and you know it's just it's every time i mean this this one i got because my of the birth of my daughter um this one this one i got after my uh after my dad passed away i mean they 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 are external reminders of my internal reality um and uh and it's nice i mean i've got a be here now tattooed to my wrist which is which is uh, ram das um, and so I, I, I try to remember that when I'm feeling kind of weird I, or if I'm feeling like insecure, I look down at that and I remember to, I remember to be where I am. See, my, my computer has Ram Dass 2.0. So it's a very, <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. I got that one right away. <laughs> and I hope your daughter doesn't have any tattoos at that. How old is she? Uh, daughter, no, she's 13. She just turned 13. We officially got a teenager. A teenager arrived at our house yesterday. Oh. Um, so she's having a big, my, my poor wife, there's going to be 10 girls sleeping over here uh, <laughs> upstairs tonight. So I'm going to like sneak in the bottom part of the house and just stay away from the noise. And... 
the I like the idea of ten girls twenty four years old sleeping over together. This is a very different situation. <laughs> very very different kind of a, what if what if is your daughter um creatively inclined? Do you think she'll go into music, film, painting, acting, or is she like no, no, mathematics or something? Yeah, no, she wants to go to LaGuardia. She's um, she's a uh, she's an arts kid for sure. Uh, Jessica suspects that she's a director in her heart, but there's there's two things going on. I mean, like she had a an her first audition. My manager called her in and said, "There's this major franchise that's like, and I can't say what it is, and because we signed a bunch of papers, and it's auditioning for this kind of character, and we think Sadie might be right. It was a sci-fi thing." And and um, I, I uh, we said, sure, we'll audition Sadie. And she had like four or five callbacks for it. We were getting ready to move to California. And we were like, oh, my God, she's so good already. Um, and then um, this year, in addition to our other work, my wife and I decided to um, write a movie for me and Sadie to do together. Um, so we're going to do a dad and daughter going back to the Midwest movie. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, that's gonna, we're gonna try to film that in August. How do you raise the money for, I mean, a movie, even, even if you're using video, if you're using the cell phone camera thing, it's still, it's, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, do you do grant funding? Do you just beg? Do you max out your credit card? What the hell do you do to do a full length movie? I mean, whatever it takes, you know, we made the mistake of investing our own money in a couple projects a, a few years back and the projects did fine, but it was a real strain on us. So I think that probably uh, Jessica's the more the producer in the family, but we're going to we're, we're doing some fundraising now. It's a micro budget film. It's like under it's under it's under a half a million dollars. So, you know, I love that micro, but the house I'm in is half a million. involved. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, you do what you can for art. If we got to take out a second mortgage to make the movie, we take out a second mortgage to make the movie. Really? You, you wow. trust that it'll hit the festivals and be bought by what? HBO Max or what? Or yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't really like, you know, it's just like the art market. I don't really understand the art, art market and how it works. But the but the film and TV market, they're hungry for they're hungry for good, wow. solid movies. And there, there needs to be a place for them and, and there need to be people who make them. And so like, if you can meet those people and they'll pay you for it, it works out. So do, where do you see yourself in 10 years? God willing, healthy, of course. With you. But, so do you see yourself still doing more, the mix of theater and film? Do you feel, do you feel like stepping more in front of the camera and directing as opposed to Jess or what? Where, where are you at with this? No, I, you know, I like directing movies with Jess, but I really like that she directs our plays. So we've kind of cordoned that off. It makes me happy not to have to, uh, 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 have to deal with, with 10 actors all having crises at the same time. <laughs> um, and... Um, I've got the Broadway bug now, so like, you know, I'm hoping I get to work with MTC again. I'm hoping I get to work on Broadway again. Um, uh, that's That'll be fun. I think in 10 years, I really would like to have, in 10 years, I would have liked to have directed our Lester Bangs movie to some uh, acclaim. And I would really like to, um, I'd like to show around a TV show that I act in. Uh, this one thing that we're doing with uh, Ed Burns takes place in uh, 1919. It's a period piece and I've written a part for myself in that. So like, you know, I think it's more of a five-year plan than a 10-year plan, but you know, the, 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 the 20-year plan is to, is to, uh, is to, is to maybe live in Europe for most of the year, but, um, oh, okay. but the five-year plan definitely show running. 
I keep doing the stuff I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely 100%, especially after almost dying. I'm really living my dream. Well, so this is a, a wonderful place for me to almost step away, except for one more question to thank Eric Jensen, but you, you can stick around. I know you got a matinee, but you can stay and play the game a little bit. Yeah, I can play the game a little bit. I got to go in about 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, we'll give you one question. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so here's it. <laughs> so, but before I go, I want to thank Eric Jensen. I want to tell everybody that you can go see the collaboration on Broadway as a production by the Manhattan Theater Club at their Samuel J. Friedman Theater on West 47th Street. It's playing through what, mid-January? Mid-January, yeah. Uh, Mid-January. So please, please go see it. We, we've got two real theater critics here who will both say it's wonderful. So you, so you should see it. And I'm, I'm going to go see it as long as it's not Shabbos. Um, but Eric Jensen. <laughs> Uh, and it's been so delightful for me to, to talk to you. Let me ask you, for people who maybe can't get to New York, can't see you on Broadway right now, if they wanted to go through your IMDb credits mm-hmm. and find the, the thing that you're, you're like, oh, you should really see me in that. I, I, that. I'm very proud of that performance or that particular show. And maybe you can go find it on some channel somewhere. What would it be? It would be uh, playing Thurman Munson opposite John Turturro in The Bronx is Burning. Uh, it's a, it was a it was a mini series that ESPN put out a few years ago, and I, I like I said I gained twenty six pounds for it, and and got to act, act opposite Daniel Sundiata as the Reggie Jackson to my Thurman Munson, and uh, and it was just it was a group of guys. We all got together. We all got to play baseball together. It was like I was twelve years old again, and I was playing a New York icon. And it's I'm I I'm prouder of that than anything I've done so far. Well. You have hit this interview out of the park, especially in terms of, of being able to, to deal with the chaos of, of this stupid show. You should have seen the cable. You should have seen me dealing with the cable box, but it's okay. This is easy to that. <laughs> the man makes half a million dollar movies. It's like, what the, the wire on this fucking thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, don't go away. Don't go away, Eric. Don't go away, Eva. Don't go away. Uh, Dave is coming. Dave, Dave Lefkowitz. He hosts this one. Oh, yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah, 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 not really. But tell me, a moment, Potato is here instead for just just give it like countdown. You can even count down. Give a ten second countdown. Amazingly, off Dave will be here. Ten, nine, eight, eight, Hebrew. Seven. Six. Five. Eight. Hey, everybody. Hi, Eric. Nice to meet you. So, so good. (laughs) (laughs) Come on here. This is the most fun I've had all week. This is great. Uh, place to get a dresser. <laughs> yeah, who, who is that yeah. guy? It takes me way too long to 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 do the costume change. But anyway, um, <laughs> Eric, you have come ju- actually in time to play a little bit of okay. the today yesterday trivia game. So okay. um, it, the next, you know, what can I give the next question to Eric? Because we want to make sure that he gets yeah, a chance to play. So this question and Ron and, and Eva, I'm, I'm. It's really nice to meet both of you too. By the way, I, I really, I really did love the soul of the American actor. I used to get it, and and just it was really. I always loved it. Oh yeah, that is of course the newspaper that Ronald Rand continues to publish. Is it four times a year? Uh, it's about uh, less than that in print, but now it's online at soulamericanactor.com. So it's all in color and it's about 75 pages. Whoa! Yeah. I highly recommend people to catch it. And of course, you too, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I hope you're not hand drawing all of those. <laughs> yeah, he has to take a brush on the screen. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, Eric, here's here's the deal of this stupid game. Uh, yeah. and we're not, there's no point. I mean, there's points, but we're not even. 
this, we're just out the window. We're just asking stupid trivia questions, but it has to do with something that actually <laughs> David, happened. What? The winner gets a damaged, a damaged <laughs> dresser. Yeah. We have two damaged lazy boy dresses. <laughs> Each of them get a drawer. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. This happened on December 10th, but in 1906. Okay. Your, your, your thing is, um, to yeah, it'll be a multiple choice question. Okay. Yeah, now, now Eric's thinking, you know, I really should have left. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing a lot of research in the early 1900s, so I might actually be qualified, but let's, let's. Uh, here we go. Sorry. Well, on this date in 1906, pharmacist Henri Moissin wins the Nobel Prize for Chemistry for being able to isolate the chemical element fluorine from its compounds. Which of these is also true about Henri Moissin? Okay. Okay. A, in his later years, he taught art history at the University of Provence. B, he discovered a new mineral that they named after him, moissanite. C, in France, the very first fluoride toothpaste was named moisson after him. Or D, ironically, by the time he was 40, most of his own teeth were false. Ah, uh, interesting. I would say... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which of these is true? Yeah. Um, God, if it was about the Russian Revolution, I would totally have this. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think it's the the toothpaste was named after him. You believe that the David, tell, very, oh, tell him also that if he doesn't know the answer, he can plug it. Yeah, show. if you don't know the answer, just say the collaboration to, to remind you. Anytime you're just the collaboration. <laughs> but you're going. The collaboration starring uh, Jeremy Pope and, and Paul Bettany, yeah. And you, and you. But no, you're going with, um, what was it? The first fluoride toothpaste was named after him in France. Yeah. Called, yeah. Final answer? Final answer. Well, um, I'm I was going to make a gum disease joke, but I'm afraid that is not the correct answer. We're going to roll the die and we'll see. We're, oh, I, I came up with a number six. Is that you? Who's that? That's me. Yeah, well, you get to steal this question. So, which of these is true about Henri Moisson? Hmm. I can read them again. The remaining. Yes, please. Yes. A. In his later years, he taught art history at the University of Provence. Hmm. B. He discovered a new mineral that they named after him, moissanite. Or D. Ironically, by the time he was forty, most of his own teeth were false. I would. I would think that. B sounds interesting, so I'm going to go with B. You're going to say that he discovered yeah. a new mineral called moissanite. Mm. I'll give that a whirl. Of course, it wasn't pronounced that way, but oh. <laughs> it sounds interesting. Well, maybe my humor is kind of dry sometimes, but you are moist indeed. Moissanite is a real thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two points for Ronald Land. In fact, he went that? to Arizona to work on a meteorite, and when while he was chipping away, he found this new uh -huh. um, this new mineral. So I mean, not surprising. Okay. Well, I better <laughs> I better move, I better get going to my matinee. Oh. So um, yep. I got to go all the way from Brooklyn, but it was really nice hanging out with you folks. Break oh, cool. many legs in the collaboration. I hope to get to see everyone. I get back to you know New York sometime between yeah. now and January. It's been wonderful, Eric Jensen. Best of luck to you, your family, and the theater. And thank you for being with us in the day. Thanks for your patience. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. 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 Thank you. All right. I'm gonna let you. I'm kind of let you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to see you. Take care.
Take good care. Thanks. Have a good show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, welcome back. Eva. They were co-hosts for a day. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, Thank you for for taking up the slack when I had to deal with what we had to deal with here. Um, but we're going to play the rest of the game. And actually, it doesn't really matter because he didn't get the question. So it's still you against the world. <laughs> but Ronald does have two points. Oh, You're boy. Okay. <laughs> um, I just nope. want to pick that one, too, because I'm like, you know, it's the most ridiculous one. So I thought I would, I, so I, I yeah. Yeah, but, I loved your pronunciation. Yeah, it really made it work. Well, so <laughs> well is it Wasso? Yeah, M-O-I-S-S-A-N. You Mos guys it would be a Moussa, a more, a, a more of a Moussa name, a sound, really? yeah, more French sounding, uh, I think. Not Wasso, like Wasso, like a fish. Yeah. Like, Moussant, yeah, there's more of a French roll to it. The only good thing about this is that you can still make fun of the French without being called racist. It's like, there's one of the you can make fun of them. It's, oh, yeah, it's just making fun of French people. It's fine. You know, anybody else now? No, no, no. But French, oh, way, oh, oh. Eva. Okay. Next question goes to you, to Vu. Um, and this is also a thing that happened on this day in history, December 10th. Are you ready? Yep. One year later, 1907. Now, speaking of Nobel Prizes, the 1907 Nobel Prize for Literature went to 41-year-old Rudyard Kipling for his body of work. Oh! These works included The Jungle Book, Captain's Courageous, and his first book of short stories, Plain Tales from the Hills, published in 1888. But which of these is not a Rudyard Kipling story found in that book? Which is not. A. An epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, the Arab physician. B. The rescue of Pluffles. C. The arrest of Lieutenant Golightly. Or D. Venus Anno Domini. I didn't hear D. D is Venus Anno Domini. Odometer? <laughs> so, which of these, this is Eva's question. So which of these is not? Not. Um, will you say them again, please? I absolutely will. Which of these is not part of Rudyard Kipling's book, um, his first book of short stories, Plain Tales from the Hills? A, an epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, the Arab physician. B, the rescue of Pluffles. C, the arrest of Lieutenant Golightly. Or D, Venus Anno Domini. Hmm. Damn it, I should actually get, I was actually at Rudyard Kipling's house. I, I did a whole tour of Rudyard Kipling. Wow. And, I, I, and when I was a kid, I memorized a Rudyard Kipling poem um if you only could yeah all right <laughs> um so let's see i um what, what was the second and fourth again well the second b is the rescue of pluffles or d venus anno domini i'm gonna go with venus and domini is that your final answer yes i'm not sure I don't know. Okay. Well, Ron, 
you might come down with Venus envy because Eva got this wrong. So you have a steal opportunity for two more points. Oh my goodness. Can you say them one more time, please? Sure. Which of these titles, which is not a short story in Rudyard Kipling's book from 1880, yeah. uh, Plain Tales from the Hills, which is not? Is it A, an epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, the Arab physician? B, the rescue of Pluffles, or C, the arrest of Lieutenant Golightly. I would, it sounds uh, bizarre to think that um, a C could possibly be it, but I'm gonna try to, to say C. So you're gonna say that C, the arrest of Lieutenant Golightly mm. is not a right your Kipling yeah. story in the book. Is that your yeah. final answer? Final answer, yes. Well, don't deck the wall, the halls with Holly go lightly because no, that's that's not the right answer. <laughs> Zero points for both of you on this one. Oh, okay. Well, we tried. The yeah. weird part, the funny part of, of this is that the wrong answer, the, the, the one that Kipling did not write, right. is an epistle containing the strange medical experience of Karshish, oh. the Arab physician. Okay. Which that's not the weird part. The weird part is that is the title of a poem by Robert Browning. Oh, wow. So that's why it sounded real to me, I guess. Yeah. And it sounded like, because I think of Gunga Din, he was in India, so it that's made, right. yeah, yeah, so. He would be, yeah. No, yeah. And, and he yeah. liked nonsense. That's why I thought it wasn't Pluffle. I knew it wasn't Pluffle, because. Yeah. Well, Pluffles, yeah, is, is his actual, yeah, that was real. That That's a real story. Because he's, a, he's, a, he's a nonsense person. But who yeah. knows, lightly we had literary stuff before um, Truman Capote thought. I, I did not know that, that that name would be in, um, in the literature beforehand. So there you go. Wow. Okay. We come to our, how do we get here to number four? Well, we're just going back and forth. So we next go to Ronald Rand directly. You do have a two point okay. lead in this game. And this okay. next question goes to you. And it's three clues in the news again. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my favorite. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you got it, not me. <laughs> uh. So here's your deal. I'm going to read three words, three clues. Mm. Yes. Your job is to find, figure out right word connects to another word that we're looking for. And that word is kind of has been in the news ish. Sure. Ready? Yes. The words are. Oh boy. Open. Open. Seed. Seed. Sunny day. Oh. What? I'll, I'll read them again. One more time. Sure. Open. Seed. Sunny day. Wow. What do these words make you think of? Uh, gosh, I, I can't get it. Um, open day. Um, my gosh, I, it's always, always tricks me. I think and you have it, but it's, it's, it's um, question. Well, one name that comes to my mind is Cinema, just because she's all over the place right now. And um, I'm going to go with that. You're going to go with cinema. Yes, cinema. Well, yeah, yeah. As in, 
Okay. Yeah. So is that your final answer? My final answer, yes. God knows what it is. Uh, and well, well, I'm afraid I have to remove the film over your eyes. It is not cinema. It is not the correct answer. Eva, it looks like you are ready to steal this wow. question. The clues are, I'll read them again. No, I yeah. think I know what it is. You think, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, because uh, Bob McGrath just died from Sesame Street. Open Sesame, Sesame Seeds. Uh, ah, she got it. Wow. Well done, Eva Heinemann. We have a guy who was 90, uh, how old was he? He was 90 and he died this past Sunday. Bob yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Muppet fan, huge Muppet fan. So that was like, oh, yeah. Muppet question. Good for you. Yeah. Well done. So, and we have a tie game now. It's Robert, oh, no, sorry, Ronald with two, Eva Heinemann with two. Oh, boy. And our yeah. day yesterday. <laughs> I have no idea what will happen if we have a time. Well, we have seven questions total, so who knows what will happen. <laughs> so we have one, our next question will go directly now, though, to Eva. Oh. Uh -huh. If you can break the tie with if you get this question and you get two points. But this is a different kind of a question. Oh no. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. It is <laughs> called change one letter. Oh, oh, I like these. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> 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 but I did well on the lab. I like this thing swift, so. I think yeah. Leslie hates these. I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, Leslie actually likes these better than Three Clues. But oh, um, okay. isn't that funny? I hated Three Clues, and I got the Three Clues, and I'll probably do terrible on this one. <laughs> well, we'll see. So you know how how change one letter works. It it's one point per answer. We need two different answers here uh, because you're going to think of a word and then another word, but there's one letter difference between them, and there's a poem that leads to both of them. So uh, I can give you a um. A sample for change one letter. Um, it holds any picture you've got. Change one letter and it's hot. Yeah, frame and flame. Frame and flame. Whoa, so get it. That's, yeah. that's how it works. You have the same thing. You use the same example yeah. last yeah. month. Well, not everybody. Amazingly enough, not everybody watches every episode <laughs> of the show. I got. Eva, Eva has continuity. She has continuity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one the same thing. I don't remember what. It was. Yeah. So Eva. Here's yours, and, and it's a theatrical one, so you're oh gonna, you're, boy. it's gonna be fun. Oh. Can she sing it? Sure. Is it a song? No. Okay. No. <laughs> the year was 1896, just oh, before shit. we start the poem. 1896? Because this happened December 10th, 1896. Oh, that a long time ago. Debuting tonight on the Parisian stage, mm. a monstrous classic of absurdist rage. Change the author's last name, you must to get how you counter a swordsman's thrust. Oh. Wait, read that again. Absolutely. Debuting tonight on the Parisian stage, a monstrous classic of absurdist rage. Change the author's last name, you must, to get how you counter a swordsman's thrust. A musical? Huh. Um. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm glad you're going to get this one then, because my mind is like, 
But it's either it, it either comes to you or it doesn't. That's the nature of these things. They're hard. It's true. Yeah, yeah. It's because you, you got with musical, because I keep thinking of Cyrano de Bergerac with his Edmund Rastan, but how do you get a sword thing out of Rastan? Um, and I don't know, you know, sword things. I just know Perry and... No, I'm just going to say, give it to, you can have it, Ron. I just can't even get it. So who's going to be the next guest on your show? Yeah. Oh, any interviews coming up on your holiday movie? shows? Yeah. No. Wait, what? Oh, okay. Eva, can you hear us? Did we lose? Yeah, no, no, no. I don't know. What? Oh, you're talking to me about something else. Yeah. Well, Joyce was saying, if you don't know the answer, you can either fake an answer or or you can promote high drama or or talk about high drama. Oh, oh well, our next show is December seventeenth, but it it's not our show. It's just it's it's well. We'll have better shows in the future. This one, we were sort of off the show because we were all just out of it. So, so Ron, I'm going to read the poem again. And then sure. um, it sounds like you're nodding. You know what it is. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. year was 1896. Debuting tonight on the Parisian stage, a monstrous classic of absurdist rage. Change the author's last name you must to get how you counter a swordsman's thrust. Well, she almost had it because she said it. But um, I remember, uh, I mean, of course, I've taught history as an adjunct professor at many universities, and uh, I've, I've taught at 40 universities around the world. So I know Uber Roy, and I know it's Jari. So uh, it's it, J-A-R-R-Y, right? <laughs> and the other word is? Harry and Jari. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I knew I had to be Perry, but see, I I didn't know Jerry's. I thought his I thought his name was like, um, something else like UHL or something like that. No, no I, I, no, I, I Jerry. I mean, it's how you, you pronounce know, it. I mean, the French have their way of pronouncing it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. from King Ubu, and and that that's what opened King Ubu. all those. Yeah, Ubu Roy. Yes, oh. exactly. Yeah, but that that was a, one of the greatest premieres in theater history, of course. So I know who Roy, but I don't know who wrote it. I, I like it. Uh, that, I thought it was like a, a different uh, name. Jare, yes. Jare, yeah. yeah. And Frost yeah. and Parry, Alpha Jare, J-A-R-Y-P-A-R. Well, I, I knew how to be a Parry, but I couldn't think of a name that had Parry. <laughs> it rhymes with Parry, yeah. Well, Okay, but but Ron, you got it. You got it. Okay. You know, he had it, so it's not so bad that you said it and kind of gave it away because yeah. you knew it by then anyway. But Ronald, here's the deal you've got four points wow. to even. Uh -huh. And we have <laughs> another question coming up. So, uh -huh. you know, you know, is we going to have a tie on this, or if you get these two points, hmm. you're going to you know, like take the game away, even though we have oh. a tiebreaker. But okay. are you ready? And guess what, Ron? Yes. I didn't have time to write long questions this week. So it's another three clues in the news. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> My favorite. Yes. Here, oh, we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Yes. The three clues are up, Bronx, leader. Up, Bronx, leader. Gosh, they always get me. <laughs> it's so tricky to figure it out. Up Bronx, leader, right? Leader? Leader, yes. Leader, up Bronx, 
Creator. Hmm. I mean, I can only think of um, the uh, representative up there, but I, her name is not coming to me unless it's Cortez. Well, remember, Ron, Ron, remember that the yeah. word you're looking for is connected to something in the news. You're not necessarily looking for the actual oh. whatever. And I think I know what it is, but. Oh, <laughs> well, she may be able to tie it because I'm totally. Let me tie stopped. the game here. This is exciting. Okay, well, I'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'll just say, Knox Leader. Knox Leader. France Queens Leader. Okay, you've got me stumped. <laughs> okay, I'll have to so have it AmericanActor.com. So, so yeah. AmericanActor.com is the URL? Is that... Um, well, that's my newspaper, yes. So but, but AmericanActor.com. Uh, yes. So there's no the in there? No, or? it's Soul, S-O-U-L, SoulAmericanActor.com. Okay, got it. That's the newspaper. Now, yes. for, here's, here's the thing. Uh, Ronald kind of whiffed on this one. Oh, so Eva Heinemann... No. I tried. You try and keep yeah. but this is this is exciting because Eva gets this. We have a tie game. Uh -oh. So Eva, I will read okay. the clues one more time. Up Bronx leader. Well, it was Bronx that made me think of this. I could be totally wrong, but and and I hate them with a passion, the Yankees. But Aaron Judge just got signed by the Yankees up in the Bronx, and he's the leader in um home run thingies. So your, your word, what word is your word? So it's Aaron Judge. Oh, oh, again, okay. yeah, no, what, okay. Is that your final answer? Yeah, Aaron Judge. Okay. Yankee, the Yankee. Right. <laughs> They're wrong. It's got no, 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 no. Eva, judge not lest ye be judged. So, um, that is neither in the here. Kind of missed, missed the, the thing. Do you want to try this one? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm being truthful. Remember, Which one is blank, word, word, blank, blank. Is, so judge when that. No, the, the word that we're looking for, up, Bronx, leader, we're yeah. looking for the word cheer. Cheer. Oh, Bronx, cheer. Oh, cheer up. And, oh. <laughs> and like what leader? Oh. Cheerleader. Oh, cheerleader. Oh. <laughs> but what's that got to do it. with the news? Aaron well, Judge was in the news. It's not about Aaron Judge. Yeah. It's not about the Yankees at all. It's about but, uh, Kirstie Alley died this week from Cheers. Oh, cheers. Oh, Cheers. Oh, but that's Cheers. Oh, oh I see. Oh, okay. That was okay. a stretch, David. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was Cheers with an S, and this is Cheers without the S. It's so. supposed to, yeah, but okay. Yeah. Okay. No, it doesn't work. No, no, no. Fail, fail. You lose two points. Me not English. You teach English. <laughs> I get it now. Singular. All right. Well, first of all, <laughs> the important thing, uh, we have one more question, but Ron, the next question was a tiebreaker. So technically you have with four points defeating yeah. Eva, even though it's a weird game, we had one question that kind of went another way. But but <laughs> congratulations. What are you going to do with your earnings? Um, I, I'm going to, uh, obviously, uh, Asia. 
I, I, I <laughs> Where else would I go? <laughs> there you go. Wow. So here's how we'll play this last, since we have only two people, and you don't have to write, you're not going to write, write the thing down. So we can just, for two people, we can just have you say, when I get the countdown, say it out loud and we'll hear what you both said. But okay. we have one more question. It's not a multiple choice. It's okay. an answer as best you can. Are you guys ready? Yes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, now we go all the way back to 1768 for this question, December 10th, 1768. Um, you will find the Polish town of Zivitz on the last, I'm sure you've even been there, Ron. Zivitz. I've been there several times, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's oh, it's Z-Y-W-I-E-C, if that's helpful at all. Zivitz, it's pronounced like Zivitz. Um, the Polish town of Zivitz, on the last page of this book, edited by William Smelly, <laughs> and first published on this date in 1768, but most recently revised for its 15th edition in 2010. Name that publication. So hold on, think about it, and then I'll You're, do, uh, I'll you're saying it was, it was first published in Poland? In, in 1868, the book? I'll let me read the question again. Yeah, one more time. Okay. And I'll, I'll even read it again and then again again before you, you shout out the answer. <laughs> 1768 was the year. You will find the Polish town of Zivitz on the last page of this book. Oh. Edited oh. by William Smelly and first published on this date in 1768, but most recently revised for its 15th edition in 2010. Name that publication. I got a guess. So whenever you're ready, Ron, I, I'll just... You, okay. So you're saying the town is on the last page of the book and it's been published now for... It's the 15th edition. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, don't say it, don't say it. I'll, I'll give a count. Okay, yeah. sure. So... Oh, you're ready, Ron? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. I'll, I'll, I'll just guess. I have no idea, but I'll guess. I know, me neither. I'm just going to guess this. Okay. I'm going to read again. And I'll, when I say three, two, one, both of you just say it. So here's sure. You will find the Polish town exhibits on the last page of this book, edited back in the day by William Smelly, and first published on this date in 1768, but most recently revised for its 15th edition in 2010, Name that publication three, two, one. Encyclopedia. Webster's Dictionary. Oh. Okay, I, I missed the second part of yours, Eva. Encyclopedia Britannica. And then Webster's Dictionary. And the answer is, Eva, you take the tiebreaker. Well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, we have them in our house. That's why that's the first thing I thought it was because we had a we had the whole and I used to love going to the Encyclopedia Botanica. Me right. too. Yes. Yeah. So on, of course, on that last Z Y W E, this is gonna be like on the last is the last listing of the Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica. Its last print edition was in 2010. Although they did bring out a children's encyclopedia in print in 2020. So there's oh. the and we couldn't cool. give them away. So, you know, <laughs> and I yeah. wanted to keep them, you know, because we sold the house, but it was just, they're so heavy. 
you know, <laughs> like a hundred pounds, but they're so cool. I love the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, I started reading them uh, page to page when I was uh, back in junior high school. So I pretty much read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica. Was, it was really yeah. cool. Yeah. It was really great yeah. to go back to what from 1960s computer. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> my teacher sold them and we had to buy them. So my teacher, who was like the meanest teacher in the school, she sold them and she went to each student's parents' house and like said, basically, if you don't get this, like your kids can have, like not fail. Yeah, like, yeah. You need to get these. So I always wanted a set. We always had volume A of like three different cycles because you get them for a dollar at the supermarket. I mean, you know, volume A is a dollar. But I mean, but you yeah. should have had the same teacher. Yeah, right. <laughs> we had a whole shelf, you know, built just for the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm -hmm. Because they yeah. look so beautiful on a shelf, don't yeah, they? They're so beautifully bound and everything. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I like my women beautifully bound too with, with red. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have an absolutely super time. And, and, I'm and you had co host. You had co host yeah. with the rabbi today. Well, yeah, it was amazing to see him in person yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's alive and well, amazingly enough, and still Jewish. Which is, uh, <laughs> I'm not always expecting that, but he's... And still funny, too. That's amazing. What happened to your guest, though? <laughs> Tell me what happened to the, your guest. Oh, he couldn't, log he had trouble logging on for like a oh, whole hour oh trying to get on. on His Because I thought he showed up at 1030. I thought, oh, he got the time wrong. But no, it was just, it was a, a technical snafu. It was so I, I take back the, the thing that I gave him. <laughs> 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 I give him a reverse. Like, it's your word. Oh, yeah. That's right. So Eric Jensen was great, but you guys were absolutely great too. And, and I really appreciate your kind of taking the floor while we were dealing with like floor models of <laughs> freaking lazy boy crap. But um, we weren't floored, so we're good. Oh, good. We had a lot of fun. Yes. I think you swept away with the show. I think. Uh, well, I kind of have, have a rug addiction, but you know, uh, don't call me on the carpet for that. But okay, enough, enough, enough. But Eva Heinemann. So how can people watch your show, Hi Drama? Okay, we're on um, YouTube, and I have to say this again. It's Eva Heinemann. It's actual person, Hi Drama, not monster, the Japanese anime. And then you can find <laughs> us on Twitter, six underscore, second underscore review. And then you can see us on MNN, uh, Spectrum Channel 56, RCN Channel 84, Fias Channel 34 and www.mnn.org. Wow. Wow. And, and by the way, was it your 23rd year? Or, or how many? Yeah, we've been around for probably 25 years or so. Yeah, we've been around a long time. Well, you know, it's December 17th. And after that, we'll have a, a New Year's Eve show, December 31st. Nice. Oh, yay. Nice. Yay. So wonderful, and it's uh, keep it going, Eva. Keep it, you know, your love of theater is so incredibly infectious. I mean, Eva is not one of those people. Even like I've become, where I run into the city and I see like four Broadway shows in a weekend, and you know, dart out. Eva goes off off Broadway. She goes. I saw seven shows last weekend. That's how much theater is going on, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Seven shows. I'm crazy. You have to cut back to six and a half. 
This is a very good show. And Ronald Rand, speaking of theater, you are, of course, doing theater of your own. You might be going to Asia, but that's you. You can't mm -hmm. really talk. And about. Eastern Europe, yes. Yeah. What can you talk about? What What's happening with you that people can? Yeah. Well, it's so extraordinary that uh, this new book that I wrote, Solo Transformation on Stage, is that um, it's just uh, I get so great responses, especially from young people who want who are very eager to create their own solo shows. And and of course, there was that huge festival United Solo just had that oh. huge festival um, on, on Theater Row recently. Uh, so I got to talk to some people about the book there. But um, I, I've been getting a lot of professors who are using it now, teaching at different universities. And um, and then my other, my first book, which was Acting Teachers of America, is still being used in some um, classes around around the country. But um, being in my 23rd year, bringing Harold Clerman alive and, and being able to continue sharing it. I mean, if people want to learn more about it, they can just go to letitbeart.com and uh, learn more about Harold Clerman and everything that he's given us. Because um, one of the great things that, you know, being able to see the progression of, and I talk about this in one of the chapters called Moments of Depth. Um, I talk about the progression of a show like Death of a Salesman, going back to Lee J. Cobb and moving up to this present production in the show, oh, wow. in, in the book. And oh, wow. I, I believe it's so important that the young people understand our legacy that's been given to us, the tradition that's been handed down to us. And that's why I do that through the Soul of the American Actor newspaper. But uh, our tradition is a continuing live tradition that's in our soul. And to me, there's nothing more important than that. Uh, and, and it's also fun. Uh, Solar Transformation also talks about quantum physics and things like that, very light subjects. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, it's great you said the word physics, you lost me. Because if, if, if the teacher in high school hadn't and curved, I would have failed. And if curved in college, I would have failed again. So you know, I hate physics, but I love acting and I love you guys. Eva Heineman and Ronald Rand. Good Shabbos to you. I will Thank see you both, God willing, very, very soon. Happy holidays to you both. I mean, you know, you. I know, I'll see you before the holidays and Happy New Year, too. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. You too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Eva. <laughs> See you soon. See you soon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, well, it what, is what great guests, honey. Weren't they wonderful? They, they have, stepped up. How can you have guests that act as co-hosts? Like that's like. You know, it's just it's, it's miraculous. You know, yeah. I, I really I'm very very so lucky. So great. Yeah. I mean, because because you know I didn't know what the hell to do this morning because we knew the furniture was coming. <laughs> We knew we'd have to deal with it. You know, it's, it's not fair to make choice to just deal with us alone. No, I so, mean, and you have the, and you also had your guest interview, your interview to, uh, your guest to interview. Right. Well, yeah, it, it worked out that he, he was late. It actually worked out fantastic. <laughs> so from now on, guests show up an hour late. No, but it's amazing that you didn't have to let him in and that he wasn't in a waiting room. Um, how did he, no, yeah, I had, of course, let him in. They couldn't. I didn't make them. Oh, hosts. you let him in. Yeah, no, I rang in. Oh, yeah. So that's. So I'm. I'm here, and I see. Oh, entering the room. Oh, he's here. Ah, boy, 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 boy. And then the, your friend came over too. Um, potato. Oh, the rabbi, of course, Rabbi Saul. Rabbi Saul, by the way, is the founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches in Great Neck, New York. Find out more about him at his website, Shalom Damn It. 
Shalom, Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T. Shalom, damn it. It's cold with your short sleeves. Oh, I feel great. I mean, I'll change when we go uh, shopping and stuff. But anywho. I don't want to shop. You don't? Do we have to? Not really. Or I might go later to, to one of the mm. supermarkets and I grab. Just need, we need Walgreens. Do you know how hard it is to find unsalted you peanuts just in the shell? You get them from Wally World and have them delivered. I guess I That's could if I want to pay you. Well, or, or as long as I have enough from Wally World where the shipping is covered. Yeah, just get, I mean, get tally paper from there and we're good. Wait, Wally World or Target? Well, tally paper from Wally World too. Oh, okay. Well, I can yeah. see if they have your peanuts. I'm, you did say peanuts, right? <laughs> my phone now does not recognize my thumb. I have my father's disease. No, you're no bigger than my thumb. By the way, speaking of being recognized, um, you should recognize that. That's a terrible segue. If you missed any or all or part of this episode or any episode of Dave's Gone By, all 870-something of them, remember you can go to davesgoneby.com. That is our official website, Dave's Gone by by.com you can hear the first episode it's an hour long that we did back in october of 2002 on terrestrial radio the audio is right you'll hear how young i sound and how nervous i was and how many things i was trying to cram into an hour and then you can roll it back forward a couple of years and listen to a show from 2012 and then move all the way up to like 2019 when we started doing these shows as video programs and those are all there too plus all the wonderful interviews we've done with actors and directors and writers and music people and people from all walks of life all the interviews are part of the shows but we even have a separate archive where the interviews have been extracted and you just get to hear those. Either way, it's all free. It's all available to you. Davesgoneby.com. You can also find all our content on our page at archive.org. Archive.org. It's a nonprofit website that gathers art and entertainment from the past, oh, I don't know, 8,000 years. Whatever, whatever's in public domain or whatever they get permission to have, you can put it at archive.org and find us there. Plus, you'll find our audio at castbox.fm, which is specifically if you want to listen to podcasts, castbox.fm. We have a YouTube channel as well. And remember that even if you just stay on the Facebook page and you keep scrolling and scrolling, you can watch the past couple of years of the show because, you know, Facebook keeps them unless you delete them. So you, you, if you want to see last week's show, just, just scroll down a little bit and there it will be. You don't even have to go to davesgoneby.com or archive.org. But I want to let you know they're there. That is where the show lives, as well as on this Facebook page. You can email me, davesgoneby at aol.com. You can check my Twitter feed, Radio Dave 2 And please also check the different website that I put my writing in. Uh, I've been collating and compiling my writings from the past 30-something, 40 years wow. at DaveLefkowitz.org. I've, I've had to let it go this whole semester because I've just been too busy, but maybe over the break I'll be able to pop a few more things on there from, from years past. DaveLefkowitz.org. And gee, it's 10 minutes almost to noon. Of course it is. Eastern time in the neighborhood. I don't know what the hell this show would turn into. And here we are with only 10, 10 minutes left. What do we do? We, we had our guest, You're Eric Jensen. Of, of 
limerick of Poo Poo. Joyce, how, how nice, what a wonderful wife I have, that she reminds me <laughs> that I have to do the worst, most disgusting segment of all, the Colorado limerick of the damned. Thank you, dear. Thank you for, for letting everybody suffer. Um, but before you do that, let me give a shout out to other people who have been on this program in months and years. Oh, what's the point? When I type in peanuts in shell and it types in peanuts in shell for squirrels in Walmart. There you go. Um, but yeah, Colorado Limerick of the Damned will be coming up. But first. Yeah, they have it, David. They do. Well, they do? And they have, what is it? Um, what's that brand? It's pretty good. Oh, I don't know the name. They have it from Hampton Farms. Hampton, they have that's a five that... pound bag. Yes. And they have a five pound bag. It's 34 bucks. Oh, a pack of two. Well, excuse me? You can oh. get 10 pounds of nuts for like uh, 35 bucks. It's a little on the pricey-ish side, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll think about it. Yipes. Is that with shipping? I think it's free shipping. Anyway, here's some Mozart, just a little, to get us into talking about the friends of the neighborhood, folks who have been on this program in months and years past, and we, we kind of let you know, hey, what are they up to? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my, how many pounds? 30 raw peanuts and shell, two pounds, great for boiling, 21.99. They don't taste it, no, I want roasted. Yeah. I like roasted. Anyway. Let's talk not about, let's talk about all the nutty people who've been on this program <laughs> in months and years past. I think I'm all nutty. That's I want to let you know that, by the way, if you are in on Long Island in New York tonight at Port Washington, you can see Judy Collins performing at Landmark on Main. She's still concert. She's in her 80s. She's doing concerts. You can see the legendary Judy Collins at the Port Washington uh, landmark on Main Theater tonight. Also, tonight, oh, this is so cool. Um, even though he can never join us in the morning because he's even more orthodox than Eva. Oh, Charlie. Our great friend Charlie Gross tonight, if you're in New York, go to Congregation Ohab Sedek on West 95th Street. He's performing his one-man oh. show. How I Found an Affordable Apartment in Manhattan. Da, da, da. Good for him. Yes. Good for Charlie. No kidding. Wow. And he's doing it uh, no, after Shabbos on Saturday night at Congregation Ohab Sedek. On like the Bima or the altar? Or is he going to be? No, they probably have a, 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 like a, I, I don't know if they, or like a... I don't know if they make the, the room room for him. Maybe they have um, a special room. And, and why not? Good for him. Yeah, he's probably I getting the venue for free. And, and I don't know. It might be free to get in or you make a donation. I don't know. But it's how I found an affordable apartment on the Upper East Side, I think it is, or West Side of Manhattan. He's on the West trying. Side. Yeah. I lives. I don't know where he was. Yeah. But anyway, that is tonight. Also, go see Charlie Gross in Manhattan. And then on Tuesday, Wilson Germain Heredia, whom, whom you saw years ago in Rent on on and off Broadway, he's doing a cabaret show at Chelsea Table and Stage over on West Twenty Sixth Street. That is this Tuesday night. Playing off-Broadway, now through December 11th, Linda Lavin is in the play You Will Get Sick. <laughs> what a title. That's a roundabout theater production at their off-Broadway house, is Laura Pells. Is this a Pels. new play or new, new? Oh yeah, brand new. West 46th Street is where the Laura Pells is. Nice. And then, yes, Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano, they are still, of course, doing their weekly cabaret show who now eats, through December David, 17th. Who eats boiled peanuts? I don't understand. No, they're okay. They're, it's a different what are flavor. They? What are they? Like? They're just not roasted. 
they're cooked, but they're 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 not roasted. They're boiled. They taste they're they're good, but I don't want twenty pounds of boiled peanuts. <laughs> and if you've ever boiled your nuts, you know how Too painful late. that can be. Well, there we go. But anyway, Comstock and Fasano are at Birdland. Uh, now through December 17th, and I believe that's Saturday night at 5.30. David Kales plays Sandra. And it has been extended at the Vineyard Theater off-Broadway now through December 18th. Now, um, let's see. Dry roasted peanuts in shell, one pound for 24 bucks. $24? Are they nuts? They are, they are nuts, actually, come to think of it. Um, now through January 3rd, every Tuesday night, Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks at Birdland on West 44th Street. On Broadway, we've been talking Broadway, of course, uh, to Toba Felchu is in Funny Girl. That is at the August Wilson Theater. It's hard to get nuts. I get nuts every Saturday from 9 until noon. Um, Lilius White is in Hadestown. Alan Menken wrote the music for Aladdin on Broadway. <laughs> 50 pounds of peanuts for a bird feeder, 100 bucks. That's actually fair. That's a good price. But it's not roasted. Yeah. Our birds would be happy if we did that. The squirrels would be in heaven. Well, they absolutely would, yeah. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Alan Menken also wrote the music for... Did you for do your thing of the damned yet? Not yet, okay. no. Um, Alan Menken also wrote the music for Little Shop of Horrors, which star or co-stars our friend of the neighborhood, Stuart Zagnett, as Mr. Mushnick. That is at the West Side Theater off-Broadway. Jim Caruso's cast party every Monday night at Birdland. Go Disco to Birdland. Party. Yeah. Disco party. Birdlandjazz.com for tickets. Evan Seplow is the founder and editor of StageBuddy.com, a great friend of mine and a friend of the neighborhood. He was on this program back in 2009, if you can believe it. And then Dr. Demento, subscribe to DrDemento.com for brand new, online only, Dr. Demento shows. And those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. <laughs> Well, hon, I'm a poet and I know it. So before we close this 873rd rather weird episode of no, Dave's Gone By. I think it was an expansion of your creative energy. It was very good. Yeah, let other people, let other people do the show. I think you're lucky you have people who carry your stuff. It's yeah, nice. hell yeah. I mean, they can't, not as well as I do, of course. No, but they could fill in. I mean, you need, yeah. like, an understudy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I got these prices. Why not? So here's the deal. Joyce and I lived for several years in lovely northern Colorado, in a, a town called Greeley, northern Colorado, about an hour and 15 minutes drive north of uh, Denver. So while we were there, I got it into my head to write a poem about as many places in Colorado as I possibly could. Don't know why I thought of this, but you know, if I saw the name of a place in Colorado, I'm like, I can write a filthy, often sexual, sometimes sick, disgusting, reprehensible poem <laughs> about all these places. And I, I had, I was just, oh, let me do a few of these. That has turned into a monomanic quest, ladies and gentlemen, over the past several years to do more and more and more. So I now have more than 200, probably bordering almost on 250, I don't think I'm close to there yet, of, of these poems, of these five-line limerick poems, and we call them limericks of the damned because I wrote them and they're generally not for mixed company. So we have another one. 
And I have a new one this week for Jefferson, Colorado. Yeah, you, you try rhyming Jefferson. You'll see how that goes. But I did. So ladies and gentlemen, our Colorado America of the Damned for Jefferson, Colorado on Dave's Gone By. You're the a limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So this is a limerick. Oh, Colorado, Rago, 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 indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Rocky Mountain getting high here on Dave's Gone By with our last few minutes and, and, and a moment or two devoted to Jefferson, Colorado. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jefferson and then hit you with a poem. Jefferson is a small community in central Colorado near South Park, quite honestly. It's in that catchment area and it's about 9,000 feet high, even more than like a um, mile and a half there. In the 1880s, rancher William Head laid out the town and gave land to both the railroad and the town folk around his head ranch. Yeah, that's very different from what you think of of a ranch in Nevada. But William Head kind of founded the place in the 1880s. There's also now in Jefferson, Colorado, a strip mall of retail stores, some houses and some trailer park stuff. There's also a one room schoolhouse and an old train depot there. So there's this cool mix of new and old and, and rich and poor and all of that. And, and, and a restaurant called, since it was a, a railroad and ranching town, the Hungry Moose Caboose. Isn't that wonderful? That's what I love. The Hungry Moose Caboose restaurant. And there's, it's Colorado, so there's trails and camping and fishing. You won't find any hotels in Jefferson, but you will find them in nearby Fairplay. And if you want to roll back, you can kind of find, go to davesgoneby.com and hear the poem that we did about Fairplay, Colorado. But anyway, um, yes, Fairplay to you. It is time for me to do it. I can't avoid it any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, Jefferson, Colorado, for our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. I know a young woman in Jefferson who's mute and you won't find a deafer one. She's sweet and she's quiet. Too bad she won't diet. At 300 pounds, she's a heifer, son. Please send your comments and complaints to davesgoneby at aol.com. davesgoneby at aol.com. I try and read everything that comes in. I don't, don't necessarily have the time to respond. Also, you can post your comments on the Facebook page or direct message me on Facebook page if we're friends there. I do um, want to welcome some new uh, friends on Facebook. Here's what happens, man. I've got um, more or less 5,000, the limit, friends on the Facebook page. So what happens is things get away from me and people have a friend request that they make. And I can't just hit click, click, click because half the time they're bots and it's spam and they're not real. So I have to kind of go and do like, A, I'm almost at my friend limit to begin with. And B, is this a real person? So I've got a message and this. And that. So I apologize. People sometimes wait weeks and weeks. And they forget they even wanted to be friends or why they wanted to be friends of the neighborhood. But welcome. I did allow uh, a few people in, new people in this week. And I hope they are watching the show for the first time and enjoying Dave's Gone By. So, it just remains for me 
to thank you for joining us on this Saturday, December 10th, 2022, for the 873rd episode of Dave's Gone By. We've been calling it The Exasperated. Because <laughs> it was that kind of show. It worked out actually really, really well. But, but, you know, it was kind of an exasperating morning, but not exasperated by having the wonderful people Eva Heinemann um, from High Drama, Ron Rand from Soul of the American Actor, and of course, Eric Jensen. Go see him on Broadway in The Collaborators. Um, and it's playing now through middle of January. And thank you, thank you very much to Daniel Durrani, Daniel Durrani for setting up the interview on the show. Giving a shout out to Leslie, hope she's feeling better, and to David, hope he gets back on the show in you know, a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm guessing we might do a show next week. I will be in Grading Hill. I, you know, this is the basically the very end of the semester in the two places that I'm teaching. So one class has ended this week, another ends early in the week, and then just papers, essays coming in, like more than a hundred. <laughs> then I'll have a week and a half to grade. So I'm just gonna be like batshit crazy over the week. But I, I may try and make time to do a brand new Dave's Gone By episode next Saturday, December 17th. If not, I really, really want to try and do one for the holiday season uh, the week after that. So to find out whether we're doing a show, get at davesgoneby.com. Check this Facebook page. I will let you know. So may see you next week. We'll certainly see you again within the next two weeks for a brand new spanking episode of Dave's Gone By. Hon, do you want to say farewell to the folks? Oh, hold on. I think she's bringing a bag of nuts. Hold on. Um, oh, anyway, hold, hold on. Hold on. My darling and wonderful and adorable wife, Joyce, who, you know, with whom I couldn't and shouldn't and wouldn't. But here she is, ladies and gentlemen, Joyce. Thank you so much, my dear. Her hand. Love you. Love you. Smoothing my hair. And, and can you do the pubes? Because they're, they're all over this sprout room. Anyway, Potato! Potato, you were very good. He, he, he wants to go him. out singing. Have him sing the words because he knows them. The words to what? But he sings different words, remember? There goes the neighborhood. Sweet! Oh, he can do the bum bum bum. No, but he can sing. He knows the words. He does? Uh -huh. I don't even know. Okay, okay, Potato, we're going to go out on special music today. You're going to sing the Neil Diamond song. He has his own version. Sweet Caroline. Mm -hmm. Can you sing it with it? Or, or? No, he has his own words. Oh, I love my ketchup. Oh, how I love my ketchup. I can drink ketchup all day long. It's not quite the melody, but... Ketchup, ketchup, ketchup. Did I mention ketchup? Honey, this honey. is my ketchup, ketchup song. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, sweet bottle of Heinz. Bum, bum, bum. I can never get enough. People are literally adjusting their hearing aids like five miles away. Like, sweet. Wait, I think bottle. the neighbor's dog is screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should probably play this instead and gone by. He's 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 gone by.
Bam, 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 and gone by. <laughs>